Welcome to There Will Be Dungeons, everyone. It is uh, for the weekend of June 26th, 2021. Thank you for being here and get ready for some D&D. Brought to you by our friends at phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD. They make custom craft teas just for us and just for you based on our campaigns and on the show. And we love it. So go check them out and do it today. That's uh, phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD. Time to jump back in and throw it over to our DM, Kyle. Hey, Kyle, where's the dragon and Garrett and everything? What happened? You arrive at the guild slightly singed, having completed your mission. <laughs> the night is young as you made your way back to the Aegis cart, and one marsh rode off with the massive carts full of goods. Thinking back on your adventure, you remember it well, unlike Snake Island. Up in the mountains, you fought a massive red dragon named Fredoroth. Fredoroth battled you to the very end. Ko hit the button to turn the lava off, making his way over to seal the gate, but Marsh had already hit said button. So using his cloak of the Montebank, he teleported on top of the dragon and gave it a mighty stab before falling off because he's not that good at riding things. Meanwhile, Grinkeeper ran and leapt up to the force landing button. She hit it, and the great machinery turned in the top of the cave and let loose electric lightning bolts that shocked the dragon's wings, causing it to fall. It crashed into the ground, landing on top of Skoogie. Marsh ran over and pressed the final button, sealing the gate as Ko arrived. Meanwhile, Splendorbelt hid inside the cart as he dispelled some of the steam around him, making an area of which the team could fight in. Grinkeeper dismounted the landing, ran over, and once again healed Skoogie. She landed a mighty blow with her dragon-slaying longsword. The group fought the dragon directly, and as its hit points fell, it attempted to escape first, running to the gate covered in steam, finding it closed, and panicking, running to the lava, hoping to swim away through a secret passage finding that sealed as well. It let loose a mighty dragon breath, once again downing Skoogie, who was healed by Grinkeeper. Inside the cart, Splendor Belt notices the riches around him. The dragon falls, and as it does, the arrow of slaying flies through the air, piercing the dragon's neck. As it collapses due to the heavy amount of magic of dragon slaying arrowage, Marsh says, and that's how you kill a dragon. <laughs> Damn. I guess I can't call you newbies anymore. <laughs> As the dragon lets loose its final breath, just a normal sort of breathing breath, you all tend to the dragon's hoard, which is filled with riches. You note that the cart is a guild cart, and there is a sealed chest inside of it, marked Guild funds for Atomer, for Cassius. You all debate how you're going to get the cart down the hill, but Grinkeeper has an interesting idea. She summons forth a steed, and you lash the cart to it and drive it down the mountainside. Once you reach the River of Lava, you again use your water to make a nice little land bridge there and cross over. Skoogie, delighted by these experiences, though once again not able to under be understood by the main group, speaks to Marsh and then toddles off towards the kobold village. At the base of the mountain, you debate 
how much gold should be given to the Delvers and how much should go with the Dragon Slayer. Now we roll persuasion checks on a Garrett Weinzerl who is not here. Oh, man. So everyone's running one? Yep, everyone throw out a persuasion check. Nat 20 for a 24. Oh, jeez. Nice. I, I had a 22. Just a 12. <laughs> How embarrassing, Kristen. How also know, we accurate to character. <laughs> Sometimes yes. the dice are just completely character accurate. Yeah. Marsh tells you how he has agreed to split the entire adventure's pay with you back at the guild, but as the primary dragon slayer and the most experienced in the group, he deserves a higher cut. But Splendorbelt is particularly insistent, and Co backs him up with a 22 as well. You all decide to split it evenly, Grinkeeper removed from the conversation entirely. Uh, more of a self-banishment, if you will, from the talk of money in the room. Marsh takes the cart filled with his gold uh, Splendor Belt and Co. both add 3,000 gold pieces to Each. your sheets. Oh, man. Awesome. From the Dragon's Horde. That's great. As the cart pulls away, Co. you notice that the uh, Marsh cart seems to be full of the magic items that were found inside, but as he rides off, it's too late to debate with him any further. You take the cart back, Aegis's cart this is, the centaurs, back to the guild where you now find yourself. Now, Splendorbell, if you could roll a stealth check for me. Sure can. It's one of my best. Just kidding, it's my worst. Here we go. Uh, that's It's disadvantage, so 14 for the first and a four. I got a four. As Splendorbell jumps from the Aegis cart, Co. Grinkeeper, you all hear his pockets jangle merrily. It seems his time in the cart was spent doing more than just healing the group outside and dispelling steam. His pockets are full of gold pieces of his own taking. Someone's but you head inside, and that's where we now find ourselves. Someone has to pay for that farm. That's all I'm saying. It's not really greed. It's not greed if you need it. Yeah, if you need it, pretty much. Then you roll need. You don't need greed. If you're greedy, if you yeah. want it bad enough, it ain't. It isn't greedy. <laughs> it's a very fine line between need and greed. Yeah. In the guild, things are pretty quiet. It is evening now. You originally met the cart around dusk and nightfall, and you have now arrived back at the guild at about 10 p.m. at night. Behind the desk is the night crew, as it were, one you rarely see, Jimmy the Soup. A large rat man mans the main desk. And by large, I mean a five-foot, you know, smaller build man, but large for a rat. Hey, uh, uh, well, welcome back. Uh, boy, you guys don't come around here often at night. Uh, what? And he looks up and down. You're still wearing your fire-resistant suits provided by the guild. Uh, oh, Dragon Mountain, huh? Uh, yes. it's, it's, it's dead dragon. All right, congratulations. Uh, where's uh, where's Marsh? Gone. I, I see. He uh, took off, huh? Rangers, what can you do? Well, I'll get your payment ready here. Uh, please turn in your uh, guild-approved uh, suits, and uh, I'll get the paperwork going. 
and he lines up 250 gold pieces in three piles on the desk in front of him. I will gladly scoop that up and put it in my pockets with everything else. You say 250? Yep, 250. All right. Cool. All right. (laughs) Add yourself an additional 64 gold pieces scattered among your many pockets from your time in the cart splendor belt. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, going through an old couch kind of thing. I can't tell if he's playing a bad cleric or the perfect cleric. (laughs) I'm a cleric with... Um, what would you call it when a cleric hits like a not a midlife crisis, but like a, and not even a crisis oh. of faith, but he's hitting a point in his life where he doesn't think all this is is where he should be. He really needs to be on that farm. So, so you know, it is a character trait of his to be, you know, to favor that over you know what people expect of him. Me starting to hit retirement, maybe. It's like it's just like a man. I don't know. I'm, I want out of this rat race, and so I'm going to scrape every penny I have so that I can retire in my potato utopia, potopia, splendorific, potatopia, potatopia. There you go. As you turn around after gathering your funds, you nearly bump into a large half orc. One that you know, wearing a robe with daggers on his side. Soulburn, you last saw this warlock out in the fields. Out in the field during your final mission of the last season. At the Noble Hollow. He holds in his hand several drinks, though. The beer that is usually served here at the inn. And he awkwardly, with his massive hands, four of them kind of holds it out in front of him towards you all. I think we've got time. It's, uh, it is maybe still early enough to take a little break. Yeah, just one for a celebration. That was a cool fight. It was. We killed the dragon. We should be very proud of ourselves. Yeah! Are we silver too? <laughs> we have to wait for them to say. Not for us by deed, if not by name, yes. I would say. He hands out, he well, has in these madness of hands the drink that he holds forward, and you take that. And with that, he takes the drink and kind of awkwardly holds it up in front as though to do a sort of toast, thinks better of it, lowers it, and goes to quickly kink uh, each of your drinks in turn. Congratulations. Uh, I'll nod. Yeah, I'll nod. Is there uh, any particular celebration on your end, Solburn? A mission accomplished? uh... You are all day workers. I see you rarely. I thank you for your actions at the Noble Hollow. And congratulations. You have my support. And he awkwardly turns and walks back to the bar. Thanks! Well, here's to awkward social interactions and making friends wherever we go. (laughs) Here, here. Uh, Splendor Bell will throw his back with gusto. Just hork it back. 
Excellent. It is tasty. Of the same make that you tried there at the Hopper Wedding tonight, uh, this would be the Bellbuck Brew. But you all eventually part ways. Splendor Belt, where do you head? Do you head to the Church of Palor, or do you head back to Splendor Farms? Back to, back to the farm uh, first. I don't think I'll stay there, though, but I want to go and maybe stash some more stuff in hiding places and uh, not have all my cash on me. Um, check on things, check in with the with the Minotaur head, see what's going on, that sort of stuff. Go, I assume you head back to your own house? Yes. And Grinkeeper, back to the school? Back to school, but she'll change first because now she's got that bag of holdings, so there are a few dresses in there. Perfect. Do you change here at the guild, or do you have some sort of Spider-Man alleyway you enjoy? <laughs> no, she just rent a room, <laughs> change, and then leave. Sounds good. As per usual, Grinkeeper free to spend money, a fully rented room for a simple change, as is her usual performance. Splinterbelt, you head back to the farm, where you see things as you left them. In the dark here. Uh, it is about an hour's walk or so, not through any sort of dangerous territory. You head up the main street of Atomer, take a right down past the market district, over the bridge, which you now not know under lies the tunnel to the Cloven Brotherhood Seder Gang. Over the bridge, up through the farmland a bit, towards the Noble Hollow ultimately, but stopping early there at Splendor Belt Farms. Okay. Uh, I would walk up. I'd go to the Minotaur and and say, "Okay, what is a?" Uh... I always forget his name. What's his name? You've never asked me. Oh, what is your name? I can't believe I didn't ask your name. I'm cursed. This is your name, cursed. I don't remember. Oh, well, we can call you this name. This is fine. You are cursed. What? what? Oh, it'll only remind me of my condition. <laughs> well, we have spoken... Please, Master, the... bless me with a new name. <laughs> okay, um... <laughs> this is a good idea. We can do this. Uh, what is... Uh, give me favorite color that you have. I... I can't see color. Oh, um... Okay, give me this, favorite... This name would remind me of my condition. <laughs> <laughs> What was, uh, what was your name before... Oh, you don't remember. Um, I don't remember. What, what is, what is uh, uh, your favorite f- uh, food before your condition happened? Oh, food? Oh, so long, I do not remember. Okay. Please. I will call you Chad. C-H-A-D is your name. From Chad. now on, when I see you, you are Chad. You look over the farm, you are Chad. Uh, oh, a strong name, yes. Yes, oh, yes. Many brave men have fought under the banner of Chad. Is Chad a, Scarecrow. Is a, <laughs> Chad's, yes. It's a, a name of honor. You will you will have this name and hold it high. Is is a good name. I will. A Chad. My name is Chad. I holler into the night. Proud. <laughs> uh, so, Chad, any... Uh, uh, problems while I, w- I have been gone. No, no visitors or uh, you know any sort of anything weird. No, uh, the uh, the fishmen uh, they look from the swamp. 
hungrily at your farm, Mr. Spendabout. They want your potatoes, I fear. Well, there will be enough to, we can share with them. But uh, they are not... I share with the fishmen. Yes. You are they're so kind. A, li a little bit. It's fine that they can have some. This is, uh, after all, they probably their land before anyone came here, so... I can respect these, but they they are not allowed to come and mess with things while I am not here, though. I have to talk I to me. I will scare them off with a, a Chad Roar. Yes. Chad Roar. This is good. So, yeah, so you have done your job. Well done. Uh, all is well, and I'll... Um, I'm trying to think how I can reward him for his time. <laughs> He's just ahead. Um, I'll uh, walk up and pat, pat him on the head. Just a little gent gentle pat on the head. No, oh, if I could feel this, I would feel your favor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this character is too good. Um, okay, I'm going to go check on some stuff and, uh, you know, just uh, check in with uh, the, uh, you know, the area real quick. And I'll, I'll say goodbye before I leave. And I'll sort of start off toward the, the hiding place for my stuff. Cool. There's a the rock nearby where you've stowed the majority of your gold pieces. Do you mm -hmm. pick a new hiding spot or use the the I'll, old one? I'll use the old one, but I'll be extra careful. I don't see any activity. Um, you know, I would I would have in that conversation, you know, made sure he knew I was you know doing something very important. So don't let you know if he sees anything to let me know that sort of thing. Just kind of keep an eye out for anything. Um. And then I would, uh, you know, assuming that I was able, you may, I don't know if we want to roll for that, but assuming I feel good about it, I'll uncover it and put some more of my stuff in there. Yeah, roll a survival check to look around for any tracks that may have taken place. All right, that'll be a 19. Well, with the 19, you're pretty confident that no one has been around this area. Okay. Uh, then I will dig that business up, or not dig it up, but how did we do it before we had we had just debris laying on top of something right i can't remember how we did it yeah a large rock that has kind of with a relief inside you created a pocket and a bag for your many many gold pieces okay cool i would uh add today's take to that minus i would keep 2k with me 2000 gold pieces with me and the other 17 whatever it is would be in the bag Perfect. Whatever that math is. I've got nineteen seven ninety nine right now total. So I'd keep two grand for myself as just a, you know, working cash. It's quite a bit of cash, and it's quite a bit of cash in that hole. We head over to Ko, who has arrived, and you have specialty armor now, so you just sort of uh, spider suit uh, Venom style yourself into whatever evening wear you want. Yep, go from the typical looking armor to just give a glance around, make sure nobody's there, and then it just kind of sh and shimmers into what is, you know, formal, noble-looking merchant wear and make my way to the house. Inside, you find the nanny asleep in a chair, and you awaken her, and she bows to you and heads out for the night. Your daughter is asleep, and your room seems undisturbed. Okay. If, uh, if everybody is 
down for the night. He's had a long day. He would just sort of set everything aside and sit in his chair next to the bed where he kind of customarily keeps something of a vigil until he falls asleep. Greenkeeper, you make your way back to the school. Do you use your usual approach using the tresses outside the window to get to your dormitory? No, she's in a dress, so she just saunter in casually. You open the door. It's quiet inside, as it often is at night. And you make your way up to your dorm, or do you have any other stops along the way? Not that she knows of. All right, roll a stealth check for me. Thirteen. You see a light coming down the hallway around the corner as you dive into your dormitory door and close it behind you. It's pretty often for one of the teachers to sort of be on the lookout each night, exchanging turns during the semester as it has finally started up. But you head inside. The door closes a bit louder than you intend, but altogether, not exactly a slam. And your roommate excitedly sits up. Marguerite Dupayton. <gasps> oh! Uh, who's there? It's me, I'm back. Oh. that dummy under the bed. I might have oh. gotten heard. Oh, oh, it's, it's so good for you to be back. It's been, it's been weird here. Yeah? Yeah. Um, uh, last night, uh, a large, uh, dragonborn, red, with this crazy axe, he, he, he came looking for you. That's not good. The, I was I was there, uh, looking in the mirror, doing my makeup and removing it for the night. And well, I I see him behind me, and I turn and look, and he's gone. The window's open. Oh God, I'm sorry. Um, I'll have to check in on that one. Anything else? Well, uh, they are becoming concerned with your condition, as per usual. I, I received your letter, and, uh, well, they, they want me to move out, because if you're going to be sick all the time, they're worried about my own health. Um, well, I'm, if there's someone sneaking into the room, that might be for the best. Unless you're okay with it, and then you can stay, but that's up to you. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I like helping you. I, I think I'm really excited about your adventures, um, and I love hearing about them, so I, I'd like to stay, but, uh, you know, this is getting a little weird. Yeah, yeah. Look, look, I can always visit you in your new room. Okay. That... So I could just come by. But what What about when they come by to, to check on you when you're sick? That'd still just be the dummy until they find out the dummy, and then we'll see what happens. Okay, we should, um... We should uh, see uh, in your adventures. Ask the guild. See if you can ca catch a uh, an air nymph or something. We could. Um, oh, that's a little. That's a little sad. I guess. We could imprison it in the chest of the dummy, so it looks like it's breathing. I don't know if that's a good idea. Uh, I'll have to think on that one because we did find an air elemental. Okay, yeah, maybe like a, a fragment or, I don't know, a crystal or something. I don't know how air, air, air elementals work, but uh, we, we should, if you're going to be alone, we need to find a way to make that dummy move. I'm, I'm, I've am I'm set up a stick, uh, a broom handle. 
and next to the bed on the right side that I push up and down when they're here. You've been great. Thank you. Thanks. It's fun in kind of like a, a, a scary way. Yeah, it's kind of scary. It's weird. I'm sure it looks crazy, but look, it's probably safer if you go into another room for now. That's, I think I know who you're talking about. You head over to the bed and you remove the dummy once again, placing it under your bunk. Under your bed. No bunk beds here. As you do, you find a letter, a red letter, kind of tucked next to the pillow. It has a gold trim on it and a seal on the back and wax. She opens it and starts to read. It says, Dear Lady Blackwood, you are cordially invited to dinner at the Broscale Manor. Please arrive at 6 p.m. as dinner will be served shortly thereafter. And it's dated for two nights from now and signed Goodwin Milner, servant, butler, and head cook for Broscale Manor. She'll show Margaret. Well, it was a Broscale. What, 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 what was, was a Broscale one with you? I don't know. You gonna go? Yeah, I guess. Why not? Unless there's something else going on. I mean, it, 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 it two nights from now, that would put us... Um, we're currently five days away from uh, the bronze ball. So we've got classes the next couple of days, but I, I don't see why. You could even... You could even... And she looks around. Tell the truth. I mean, that's just a manner invite. You, you could just go as a lady, after all. That's a good point. Yeah, maybe I will. And then uh, Grinkeeper starts imagining what it would be like to tell the truth all the time. It might, I mean, it, might, it could work out, honestly. But yeah, we got about uh, five days until the bronze ball. So two nights from now, that, that'd be perfect. Uh, but tomorrow, tomorrow is um, is is the waltz class. You, you can't miss that. That's when we're all going to decide the dances and uh, we have to vote. Even though Lady Vestal kind of hinted that she she might veto our vote if we pick bad dances. She does that all the time. Whatever. It's, it's a learning opportunity. Yeah, that's what she calls it. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't miss it. Cool. Okay. So, waltzes tomorrow, and then the dinner after that, and then we go to the bronze ball. Perfect. And so tell me what happened at the with the. Oh yeah, I can't believe I forgot. So it was a dragon. It was a huge dragon, and then there was this stinky little thing called Scoopy. I thought Scoogie, Scoogie. That was I, nasty, I, but we I killed thought, a dragon. Wait, a, a dragon? I thought you were going to a, a, a sandbar island or something like that. And the night trails off there as you share stories over candlelight. Does anyone want to do anything before we progress to the next day? A long rest. Yeah, <laughs> a, long, a long rest indeed happens. Uh, though, Grinkeeper. Uh oh. How late are you up telling stories? 
<laughs> oh no. <clears throat> uh, she would be up until Margaret wanted to go to bed, so it may be a long time because they'd have to catch up on quite a bit. Well, it seems that you were not able to complete your full long rest there as classes in the morning and the waltz awaits you. But let's return back to Ko, who awakens in the morning. And you see a hand extending out of the sheets to the side. And as you watch, a long bit of black slime slides down the wrist onto the fingertip and drips onto the floor. Uh, he would immediately go and ignore the slime on the floor for the moment, check on his wife, see if there was more of it, what her condition was, make sure she's still breathing and all of that. Uncustomary for your wife's condition, where she normally lays perfectly still throughout the night, it seems she tossed and turned through the evening. Your exhaustion overtaking you from the double-duty dungeons and missions that you undertook there. She seems okay for the most part. Uh, the slime seems to originated from her chest, though there is a small bit you you spy on the side of her mouth as well. Poe is going to try and mentally connect to her again. You reach out with your connection using your psychic powers. Uh, this, The official name of it is... Psychic Whispers. Psychic Whispers. And you connect. You find yourself thrust through darkness. And previously, you found your wife sitting in a small field, sort of with a spotlight upon it, as she seemed to have found a little piece of peace for herself. But now that little field has turned into stone, stonework all around. Large pillars can be seen through the shadows to the side. Her dress has also changed from a rather sunny day dress to a more formal kind of gown. Her hair is up and with it pierced by this long metal stick of black metal. She seems to be tending to something. Shadows move about the room, and she talks to them, bows to them. She have her back to him currently? Yes. The back of the dress is open, her hair up in that kind of complex style, pierced by that bit of metal. Ko would approach and... He wouldn't be sneaky about it. He would try and make his presence known to not startle. Um, but go and attempt to put a hand on her shoulder. You move through the room and these shadowy figures, no more than just lighter blips for eyes and kind of see-through body shapes, move in and out of the area and some even kind of pierce through you, but you feel nothing. You experience no sensation as you approach and you reach out with a hand. You place it upon her bare shoulder, and she turns quickly with a gasp. Oh, um, I'm sorry. I wasn't expecting company. Uh, who are you again? Oh, shit. It, 
It's Ko. Ko? Well, that is a familiar name. Do you... Do you not remember me? I'm sorry, I have a lot I'm attending to today. There's a wedding coming up. What wedding? Well, I'm very excited to share my wedding. And she gives a big smile and just turns almost as though revolving back to her work. Anthela, who are you getting married to? She turns around again. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Do I know you? Anthla, it's me. I'm your husband, Ko. Uh, why why would you call me that? It's your name. I I'm 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 sorry. You're you need to leave. You need to leave now. Before before he shows up. Who is he? I I've, I've worked very hard to find some peace in this place and I'm going to be all right. You are going to be all right. I'm going to get you out of here. But you need to tell me what's going on. You need to remember. You need to remember that you are Anthela Spiros. You have a daughter, Penelope. Penny, our daughter. Roll a persuasion. It's a five. You know what? I'm going to use my DM inspiration. Let's try and change that. No, it's still not great. It's 11. (laughs) No, you know what? Forget this. I'm taking fate into my own hands. I'm going to use a uh, psychic uh, power to... What is the ability? What's it called? I'm too excited about it. I can't remember what it is. Because I'm skilled in persuasion. I should be good at this. Uh, Cybolstered Knack. I'm going to roll a d8... And if it succeeds, I expend the power. If it doesn't, I don't. To try and further influence the roll. Shit. It's a one. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) She's getting hosed on that. Rolls are so bad. (laughs) You attempt to convince her of these things, and and she gives a little jolt, almost moving with inhuman speed as you say your daughter's name and her own name again. And then her head shakes it off and looks back at you. I'm sorry. Um, who are you again? I have to get ready for the wedding. Ko is going to start to realize that he's he's not winning this. And he's going to play along a bit. A wedding. Fantastic. Who are you getting married to? Oh, well... I'm very honored to be marrying the Kalazar this weekend. The Kalazar? Who who is that? The Emperor. The King. 
of the Lower Kingdoms? Surely you know his name. I'm afraid I'm fairly new here. I'm not familiar. Oh. And she once again kind of revolves and turns and goes back to her work. Do you know where I might find him? She turns around again back to you. I'm sorry. Do I know you? Yes, I'm a friend of the Kalazars. I was hoping to meet with him to wish him good tidings on his big day. Do you know where I can find him? Roll a wisdom save. The magical spell effect. Um, <laughs> no, no, it is not. <laughs> it's twenty. But it will be someday. It will be for you someday. <laughs> Uh, 21 on the save. Uh, this this wisdom save recommend, uh, uh, represents your inner will, sort of a bit of your spirit and your wisdom. And you realize that this place is has a reality to it. You and your wife are real in this space. But everything else is manufactured in some way. And looking down, you remember Carrie's words asking you if you had clothes on in this sort of dream. And you realize looking down your clothes right now could be anything you want them to be. I imagine them as my armor. Does it appear? So, and your armor kind of across your body appears. You don't look like anyone who's been helping out here. Are you perhaps uh, an old uh, war friend? Ho is gonna lean down and look at her and he's gonna look down at his hand and he's going to try and envision the ring that he gave Anthala when he proposed to her it was a ring that was far beyond any means that he had ever thought he would possess it was the first thing to drain the gold he had earned to get him his new life. And he tries to make it manifest in his hand. Using your previous wisdom, you do that. And you bring forth the ring in front of you. Roll another persuasion check, this time with advantage. It's already pretty good. Uh, it's a 22. She looks bewildered at you and then kind of follows your arm down to your hand and sees the ring there. And as she does, she grabs her other hand and kind of brings it close to her chest. And you can see that her ring, your ring that you gave to her materializes on her own hand. She goes, what? Ah, uh, go. It's me. You have to go. I am I am protecting you here. You're not protecting us. We need you back. I know. I know I'm trying to protect all of us. From everyone. What? Everyone in Atomer. He's, he says if I go with him, he'll leave the rest. It's not acceptable. 
Your job is not to make this sacrifice. We will deal with it together. As the family, I need you. Penny needs you. She grabs your face. I have no choice. Everyone in Atemur is in danger unless I stay here. I don't think it's just you. There are other people like this. No, no, no. He he promised me that it was it would only be me as long as I stayed. I don't think that's true. This morning I woke up. There was there was this black goo coming out of your body. We've seen it in the land. We've seen it on other people. Other people are slipping into the same condition you have. This isn't an isolated incident, and I need to save you. What... What can we do? I I don't know. I don't even know how to wake you. The only reason I'm able to be here is because I can speak directly mind to mind. She starts to slowly turn around. He'll take just a quick moment and say, Anthela, try and remember me. Try and remember Ko. Try and remember Penny. I'm coming for you. She turns back. I'm sorry. Do I know you? And he'll break the connection. You find yourself back in the room. Meanwhile, oh, yeah, <laughs> go away because he's just going to sit there. Meanwhile, on the Splendor Belt Farms, you've made yourself a little bed in the tower there. The ruins of the tower underneath the stairs protected from the elements. Yep. You awaken and you hear footsteps outside of the tower. Uh Oh. Um. Sustained. How long do I hear this? Uh, you hear it walking about to the southeast where the potatoes would have been recently planted. And you hear a little hum. little hum, 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 And you hear the ripping of roots. Okay. I would quietly, as quiet as I could, uh, I would not be wearing my scale mail, so I might be quieter. Um, and I would try to see if I can peek around and see who's there before I say anything or make any noise. Roll a stealth check without that disadvantage that you normally have. Uh, that would be a, let's see, I still get the minus two though, right? Or minus one, no matter what. That's just my, (laughs) that's just my basic training. So a one, Kyle, is what I got is a one. You stick your head out, and immediately you knock over your entire bag. Candles go issuing forth, at least the uh, five or so candles left of 20 that haven't been eaten by Grix or thrown into a massive mountain machine. Yep. That sounds you see, right. You see an old man wearing a brown, tattered robe about himself. It ends at his knees, and it, they go down to bare feet. 
He's got a long white beard and on top frayed hair that goes out the side and a bald sunburned head. He's currently bent over pulling up one of your potato plants and he looks over at you with a, ah, and he's missing most of his teeth. One sort of wiggles in the middle front. Oh, geez. I'm not having that. I would, uh, I would brush over there and sort of confront him and say, what will you stay? What? These are my potatoes. Who, who are you? What is this? Ah, and he runs back beyond the tattered walls of the farm and ducks behind it. Um, can I see him from now? Is he in cover? Eve is not hiding well back there. You can still see the roots of the one potato plant he's absconded with. Okay, um, let me see here. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do some thermaturgy right behind him. Uh, that would I would I hope scares him my direction again, uh, and I'm going to do a voice there. It'd be three times as loud as my normal voice, and I will say, "Through uh, by the pity of Paylor, you will approach me now." Try that echoes out <laughs> behind him. And he, oh, ah, uh, Paylor, ah. <laughs> Are you there, Paylor? It is me. Yeah, I am not him, but you, I speak for him sometimes, but you get over here and no harm will come to you. I say again with the huge voice. Oh, uh, uh, master, I apologize. I was asleep. Is okay, Chad. Is okay. No, no, no. It's fine. The zone. I can't sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I I spaced a daydream of a labyrinth. Oh. Well, I have more questions about this, but uh, hold on. We have a we have a uh, visitor. Perhaps not an invader. You're not in trouble. Just come here. I will speak to you here. Ah. Ah. Very well, servant of Paylor. And he walks his way hunched over to you, and you can see as he walks, almost sloshing on his back is this hump that moves like it's full of liquid. Okay. Ew. That's gross. Um, all right. I will also approach him, and I'm kind of going to have my hands up, like I'm not, uh, you know, in a, in a very submissive sort of I just want to talk kind of way. And uh, I, he approaches you, which I do. It's not a deception. Um, I would say what, and I would stop with the thermaturgy and go. So what? Uh, you know, is uh, this is not your farm? Why are you taking my potatoes? You could just ask. I'm happy to share. I'm hungry and old. Well, these are not. These are haven't even sprouted yet. They're just uh, spuds. They're no good to eat. They're just there to. Uh, Spark growth and create actual potato. What you have there is just a, <clears throat> a you know, pro- proto potato. <laughs> it's no good to eat. Still, the tuba legs beneath. I mean, yes, but it takes time, and we have to cultivate it, and and uh, you know, we must give nutrients to the soil, provide water, this sort of thing. You're taking it too soon. 
There will be a bad These things. Yeah. Take time then. And as he says, then there's kind of an extra whistle on his voice, and the front tooth waggles extra. Ooh. Well, where are you from? Why are you here? I live in Atomara, and I am hungry. Why are you this far out? There's the Atomara's town full of opportunity and food, and I don't know why you would come out here for this. I have trouble finding aid due to my hideous appearance. Do you find me hideous? Well, I suppose it depends on your definition. You are not the most beautiful sight I've ever seen, but uh, neither am I, so who am I to judge? You are fine. We are all made the way we are made. And perhaps no more... uh, prominently than you so you are who you are and I I don't judge that and I am happy to share the uh, you know a fresh potato when they are not in the growing stage like this you but only need to ask is not not a problem for me to to share and I apologize for my thievery might I partake in your fresh and grown potatoes. Uh, yes. You do, uh, you live in the city, so you you can. Uh, I mean, do you live there, or are you are you uh, do you live outside? Like, what what is your condition in town? My condition is a blanket in an alley. Mm. I'm hungry now. Well, I do have some potatoes for you know just to have so hold on a second and I'll I'll uh go get to where my clothes are and rummage around and find the extra potatoes I've got in there I've got two or three that are just raw and I'll bring those back and offer him one and ask if there's anything else he needs (laughs) from an unknown area he's pulled forth a small very worn rug and laid it out on the farm ground and he holds in his hand now a rusty fork and knife and sits on the blanket. Um, Won't you dine with me? I, uh, that would sure that that this is fine. And I would try to sit upwind in case he reeks. And he does. Okay. <laughs> oh, how he reeks! <laughs> I had a feeling, but I'll do it. I'll sit there. Grab a potato. Do you hand him? A raw potato? Yeah, I'll give him a raw potato. Uh, the ones I carry with me aren't peeled, but uh, you know, I'll hand it to him. He can do whatever he wants with it. I'll say, this one is a complete and total finished potato, not this other thing. So you can eat this. This is an edible. Or I have limited teeth factories. <laughs> Uh, spare you some water so I might boil this tater down. Well, I don't have water in this building or in this space here, but over there in the river you can you can have as much as you like. 
spare you a pot, and I will fetch the water, uh. and we shall dine together as brothers. And he smiles. Do I have a pot? Yeah, you've got a cooking pot in your adventuring kit. All right. You've also got, unless you've completely thrown away, there's the old hag's pot that was full of various... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, I guess that would still be there, although I'd be hesitant to use it because I don't know what, you know, magical residue bullshit on that thing. Um, Yeah, I'd use my pot that I have with me then, and I would say, uh, do you want to? I I can get... I'll get it, I'll say, and I'll... I'll actually jog down to the river's edge and fill it. And I'll say as I go, uh, Chad, you just keep, uh, you know, I'll be back. Just keep, you know, kind of hinting to him. He needs to keep an eye on things for a second. You head, you head down to the river and you scoop up some fresh water into the pot and make your way back. You see the old man rather nimbly and quickly has gathered quite a pile of sticks to make a small fire, but is currently standing in front of Chad having a quiet conversation. Okay. Is Chad talking to him? In a low voice, all you kind of hear is a... Uh, okay. I'll come back and go, okay, I've brought the water. What have I missed you to? What, what are you going on about here? You keep... Accursed men on your farm. Well, not so much men. I mean, I suppose sort of humanoid, but yeah, he's he's a Chad is a good, well, and faithful servant. He is helping me here. Come, brother, and he brings an arm around you, and the the mud and gunk and filth of that robes brushes against your under armors and robes of the morning as he huddles with you back towards the blanket he has set out. Okay. One of his reasons. Tell me of... <laughs> Go ahead. Tell me of this farm you have. Well, yes, so... Uh, we obtained this land fairly and are now, I, I say we, mostly me and Chad with his help, uh turning this into, converting into the a world-class uh, potato concern. And I, I plan to sell potatoes to town, uh, a, give a generous amount to charity and, and to those in need, and to just create something uh, I can perhaps spend my later years uh, tending and, and, and taking care of here. Charity? Well, might I be your first case? And the hiss of the S waggles his tooth. Uh, yes. So, like I say, you you can have this potato. Plus, uh, you know, when things grow, perhaps, perhaps I could employ you to help uh, tend to the crop, or for perhaps uh, water when when needed. This sort of thing. Help Chad with uh, what he may need. Are you looking for employment? Employment is most kind. There's an old saying, teach a man to farm and you feed him for a lifetime. Yes, what if this would work for fishing rubble? as well. <laughs> Sorry. Will you farm with such rubble about your place? This farm is in disrepair and he 
waves a hand across your rock, but in particular points at the large boulder where you stash all your gold. Okay. Um, I'd say, well, yes, but uh, you are in no condition to be, uh, you know, you can't come and move all of this. This is, leave this to me. This is, this is more my, uh, my, my part. As you turn back to him from talking about the boulder, you see that the fire is already lit and happily crackling under the pot. And he dunks the potato in. Well, excellent. I will indicate that I'm very excited to try his, uh, his boiled potato technique. We could make a soup... If you are so giving. Yes, this is fine. You could uh, boil potato and then mash them easier for your teeth to to uh, bite into, you know. Whatever is, uh, you know. It's, we, 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 will do, we dine tonight in the way that is needed for you to eat. A breakfast fit for the gods. Yes, sure. And I'll hand, him, Tell him, I'll hand him the other potato that I have so that, you know, now there's two. You can put in there. Double potato soup. <laughs> have you any cheeses? Uh, or... Let me check. I don't think so. You look through your bag and you find no cheeses. Yeah. For a minute, I thought I had something in here that was um, in my. Yeah, I don't. Ha- I I don't have any of that. Um, I think I'm actually thinking of something Nash had, and my brain just farted. I don't have. Yes, I. This is all. There's all that I have is potato. I, this is it. You checked your bag for other things, and by the time you get back, the potato is boiling along. In fact, you can see that the soup is looking rather delicious, Ooh. and smells delicious too. Okay. Well, I will indicate my eager, eagerness to try what he's uh, what he's making there. I have here a bowl of my own design. And he pulls out a very roughly hewn wooden bowl. We share. And he scoops it in and takes a large sip. Ah, and passes it your way. Alright, I'll I'll also drink from it. The other side, though. I'll avoid wherever his lips were. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you do so. Standards. Yeah. I don't want cooties. <laughs> Gross. While the potatoes grow, would you benefactor me further with a offering of gold for my passage? Uh, how much gold would you require to pass from here? And when will the potatoes be ready? Uh, oh, how long do they take? Let's inject. Let's inject some horticulture in this. I'm gonna do a quick check on that. How long? In early fall or early winter, so they would be quite a few months out here in the dead of summer. 
Um, yeah. So it looks like 70 day, 70 to 80 days. If you're doing early harvesting, if you're doing mid season harvesting, a hundred and 120, if you're doing late harvesting, I would probably for this first batch be looking at like 80. Um, let's see as far as like time of year, it seems like you can kind of go whenever here. Yeah. So it's about, it's somewhere between two and four months. Unless it gets really cold and the soil's too cold, then you're in trouble. But right now, we're, we're probably good. Yeah, we're pretty good here. And this is prime farming land, or at least on the edge of it, before we get to the Noble Hollow. Yeah. So you explained to him then that it'll be about four months? Yeah. I could make do easy on ten gold pieces. Uh, what, the, what if I give you eight and the remaining two when you return as a as a gesture of goodwill from you that you are going to return for my employment yes and you will still be paid further and I will not ask for uh, repayment you just take the, the eight come back get two more as a bonus and then begin your work as a permanent employee assuming you do a good job it is most kind and the employment to follow would suit me well uh you're not sure why he made that noise (laughs) (laughs) nothing physical seems to take place but he does make that noise okay no excretions that I'm aware of or anything nope okay um okay then is, is deal then yes Patty good, and he extends forth, and each of his knuckle bones crack as his hand extends out. I will uh, do the same, meet him in the middle, and shake gingerly as to not break this brittle person's hands. He extends his hand out for a golden palm, and instead you grab it and turn it sideways for a handshake. <laughs> I will then kind of realize what I've done and go, oh, uh, sorry, you, you need uh, money, and I will pull out of my pockets... Uh, from the two grand that I had and give him eight gold. Very, very kind. Thank you for the soup. You may enjoy the rest. Eh, and he's, he kind of turns around, he raises a finger up that once again cracks his extent and wiggles behind him as he starts walking. Keep the bowl. The bowl is... A gift. Well, this was my bowl. Oh, the bowl. Never mind. I thought you meant the pot. Yes, thank you. That is very kind. I also have something for you. And I'll turn around and I'll find the kind of area where I scrabbled out to see what the noise was about and and made a terrible stealth job. I'll grab one of those candles uh, on the ground and say, I present to you a candle of Paylor. May it guide your path uh, wherever you may go, including back here. And then I'll hand it to him kind of ceremoniously. He takes it over his shoulder and kind of cradles it in front of him. Most kind. These walls will not hold when the darkness comes. You should prepare and prepare well. Well, I will be. Do not worry for me. I will be fine. I have friends. I have. Uh... 
this farm. I have money. We are good. Yes, your friends will be of most use in that time. You are a light where few others shine. Prepare the farm, Splendor Belt. Prepare the farm for the darkness. And the man walks off. Okay. I will sort I will uh, be of you know, I'll sort of watch him go, and then when I'm sure that he's sort of out of sight, it's still dark. Is it nighttime? It's it morning. Was, was it it's morning? Been, it's been the dawn rising up over the horizon. Okay. All right, good. I will uh, begin my morning then, start sort of packing anything up that needs to be, getting dressed with all my schmiz, and I'd get start heading to town and tell you know, Chad to keep Very an eye good. on things. As people awaken, we return to Grinkeeper, who is getting ready for her day at the waltzing class. Grinkeeper, roll a wisdom check. Nineteen. Hey. You dress appropriately and well for your dancing class. You have the proper shoes on, your hair is well done and well locked in for the activities you're going to be performing today. And you make your way to the class ballroom where Lady Vestal has gathered some of the girls who are still filing in. Now, you did not get your full night's rest. However, that doesn't that just means you won't have your various regeneration uh, abilities that you spent in the dragon fight. This doesn't mean you were unable to heal yourself in some ways as to be you know, visible that you've been battling dragons. As you enter, you see... Now, Lord, Lisa Mills, Arline Hardu, uh, Helen Guard Connell, Willamette Coghill, Athelina Light, many of the girls who attend this school who you've come to know quite well. Lady Vestal, as the ladies gather in, motions you all into chairs that line the entirety of the ballroom. As the final girls file in, she speaks. Ladies, the bronze ball, and we are going to have the bronze ball this year, is in five days now. We have the waltzers to select. The band has already been locked in. One of elven skill, of which we were very, very proud to procure. I am going to list a several waltzers if you find them acceptable for adventurers of their dancing skills and of their tastes, you will raise your right hand. If you find them unacceptable, you will raise your left hand. Uh, physically on camera here, Kristen, raise your right hand for a song that you think should be a part and a left hand for a song you don't think should be a part of the ball. And okay. I will list them now. And she pulls forth a long sheet of paper that tumbles slightly onto the floor. And she goes through it. To adventure and live. To the vampire's lair. 
The Emerald Waltz. Dreams of Alona. The Western Star. Blood begs a cup. Winter travels. Dark Lake Waltz. Widow over the Moon Waltz. Waves off the coast. The Druid's Lament. The Beast is in the Flowers. The Proud Face Waltz. And the Waltz of the Red Dragon. Excellent. Many of you have done well. Grinkeeper. Oops, excuse me. Lady Blackwood. She does not say that. <laughs> no idea. No one knows that. Nobody says that. Lady Blackwood, please come up here. Uh, Grin, uh, Evelyn will rise <laughs> gracefully and gracefully walk forward. Lady Blackwood here, unlike some of you, has aced this test. She is well aware of which waltzes are deemed acceptable for our adventuring companions. Perhaps we should skip on the Emerald Waltz, though, it is, is it, as it is a rather dexterous affair, and we may limit some of those brutes who will be attending this ball. Greenkeeper, as one of the... <laughs> damn it! Lady Blackhawk! <laughs> Lady Blackwood! Lady Blackwood! As one of the previous attendees of a bronze ball, would you please help lead the class with me today? Evelyn looks at Lady Vestal and politely bows her head. I would be delighted. Of course you would. You will be my partner. I will play the male role for this dance. Grinkeeper, roll a dexterity saving throw or acrobatics if it is better for you. A six. You make your way through to the vampire's lair with many a toe scrunch and a misstep. The other ladies follow suit and also make a mess of this dance as well. I see, I see, step back, please. Everyone back. Everyone line up, line up. We'll take this from the beginning a step at a time. A step at a time. Two the vampire's lair. It's one, two, one, one, two, one, as though we walk through the crypt. This is to symbolize our walk through the crypt to the tomb of the vampire in need of dealing with. One, two, one, let's do it again. Roll another acrobatics or dexterity saving throw. Twelve. Well, acceptable, acceptable. That was that was quite acceptable. We have many, we have many dances still to go. Um, let's um, let's get some music for this. Um, uh, uh, Mavern, Mavern, the violin. Uh, let's do a steel of the paladin. Let's do steel of the paladin as a warm up here. Um, ladies, please. Everyone knows the steel of the paladin. Please, let's warm up today. And she begins leading you all through a rehearsal of the various dances. 
Co., there is a knock on your door. All right, get up, go see who it is. You look through the hole that you used to spy Nasty out in previous days, and you see a well-dressed man in a black tunic with silver buttons that go down the front. His shoulders have a sort of uh, guard upon them, but very decorative. He has a large, twisty mustache of red hair and a little tiny goatee beneath. Otherwise, he is bald. And he, and he stands with his arm crossed and a red leather letter in gold trim held off to the side. Right, and I'll open the door for them. Uh, uh, Mr. Ko, I presume. And he gives a great big bow. Same. What can I do for you? This is for you. You're invited to dinner at the Scale Manor. Oh. This is a bit of a surprise. Is there any particular occasion? Invites are going out to those being examined for the upcoming promotion. Hmm. Please read the letter in full before you RSOVP with me. Well, thank you. I'll take the letter. It says you are cordially invited to dinner at the Broscale Manor at 6 p.m. in two days from now. Okay. Uh, that, can, that can be arranged. No problem. Excellent. You will be attending as an adventurer. Feel free to dress how you will. Dinner will be a casual but delicious affair. Co will just give him a nod. Good day, then. And he starts off at a bit of a trot, a side bag jangling on his side. Co will shut the door, turn around, and go back into the house. Just mulling it over. We go to the Splendorbelt Farm where you see someone running up the road towards your farm as you head towards town for the day. Like running, running? Like full gallop toward me? <clears throat> uh, he, he seems very efficient. He is running with great speed, and most would look exhausted, but he seems to be handling it well. Okay. Uh, I'll wait for them to get to me and s s state their purpose. But I will hold... I'm fully dressed and all geared up. I will have a hand, two hands, you know, sort of like an old west dude with his guns resting or his hands resting on his gun hilts. I'll just sort of have my hands there, just in case. He runs slightly past you for a moment, looks back at you, and then runs backwards for a moment towards you. Runs backwards? Yeah, you know, just in the same sort of motion that he was doing, but just runs backwards. Toward me or away from me? Towards you. Passes you and then, without turning around, returns to you. <laughs> I will be flummoxed by that and say, what is, what is this? Who are you? You are a Mr. 
Crandall Spenderbelt. Yes. He has a gorgeous tunic on with silver buttons and decorative shoulder plates. Okay. He has a mustache curled up and a small red goatee. Okay. For you, sir, you are requested for dinner at the Broscale Manor. Okay. I'll take the invitation. Thank you for this. Am I meant to do anything else? Is this it? Uh, please read and RSVP. I will wait. And he get, does a couple stretches as he waits. Oh, jeez. Um, I will, I will, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll read it. What does it say? You are cordially invited to dinner at the Broscale Manor at 6 p.m. Two nights from now. That's it. That's it. Um, I'll kind of look it over, read that, and then hand it, or not hand it back, but just say, I guess uh, I will plan on being there. Yes, you can tell them I will. Co- I will come. I am honored, and I'll bow to him. Excellent. I will inform the chef, who is me. A delicious dinner awaits you, sir. Casual affair. Dress as an adventurer, or however you choose. Congratulations on your upcoming promotion. And he starts running off. Okay. <laughs> All right. Go your day. Are you going to spend it at home, or were you going to head to the Adventuring Guild or anything about town? Uh, there was Co no agreement would... made the previous night. Yeah, Co is going to... Um, he's going to visit his daughter first, um, spend some time with her, but also I'm assuming he was able to acquire the items that I talked to you about. Yes, you um, delivered to your daughter. You said you were going to make a necklace out of the dragon scales? Yes. So he, he brings her a dragon tooth, which she had requested, and a necklace uh, containing a single dragon scale hanging down from it. Which... Which is dragon? Well, Dad knows a lot of very interesting people that go a lot of places and see a lot of crazy things. I was going to tell you a fun story that I heard but you were already asleep last night so maybe another night. Roll a deception check. A 17. She happily takes it. She puts the necklace on immediately and swings the tooth around a few times for good measure. Be careful. If I hear from the nanny that she's been stabbed by a dragon tooth, I know who did it. Oh, yeah, I'll be... Uh, I heard that these still have fire in them. I'll be... Well, I hey, Dad? I also know who did it if the house burns down. Dad? Yes? What's the guild? The guild? It's, uh... You know, it's the place heroes go. They get hired out. They help keep us safe and deal with monsters and various jobs and tasks to protect us. Is this where you got it? Nasty, when he was here a, a while ago, said you do work for them. I mean, your dad is, a, you know, a trader of sorts. I trade goods to all sorts of people, and the guild is good business. There's lots of items coming in, going out, and every now and then dad meets a hero or two. That's really cool. 
Are, are we gonna? Are we gonna see Chuck again? He was kind of fun when he'd come by. Well, you know, I don't think so. Um, he's got his own life, but maybe, maybe he can come for a visit at some point. We'll see. You gotta go to work. I do. Um, I'll be back tonight, though. It's not going to be another trip outside of town. So you are you were going to head to the guild today, or were you heading about town for something else? Uh, Ko is going to go to the guild, and I mean, do we want to go through that? He's going to go and try and urge Cassius to speed up his research into the black goo and what's going on. Sure, we can do that. Because uh, you would arrive about the same time Splendorbelt does. Yeah. So Splendorbelt and Co. arrive at the guild. Splendorbelt, you were heading to the guild today. What was your business? Um, It was, uh, honestly, it, it would be based a little bit on um tracking down companions and asking about this invitation and see if I was the only one or if they were too and what we think of this. All right. My plan previous to that would have been mill around town and see if I could meet up or meet a see anyone that would have any like uh farm equipment slash, you know, access to contractors that maybe I could pay to come rebuild some of the stuff at the farm or whatever, but now I'm going to be a little obsessed with this invitation because it seems a little odd to me. Alright, well, Splendorbelt arrives first have, having risen at dawn with not too much else to do. Splendorbelt, roll a wisdom saving throw. Can do. Wisdom incoming. Uh, an eight. Not all that wise. <laughs> you open the door to the guild today, and immediately some kind of butterfly, a lizard, something jumped at your face, and you were puffed with a great bit of dust of blue and pink. Okay. As you enter, there's quite a bit of commotion in the room, and you see several adventurers running around with bug nets. Behind the desk, Clearstone is working, and she seems rather upset, which isn't unknown for Clearstone. Hmm. And I have no idea why. Other than the, whatever these things are flitting about, putting dust in people's face, you're not really sure what's going on. <clears throat> Do I feel funny and strange and, you know, anything weird? You feel a little, you feel a little dry of mouth, like your tongue is getting stuck to the roof a bit, or uh, something seems to be going on. You feel a little nervous, even. Okay. Well, my instinct would be to, like, wave it off and just go, bleh, bleh, and kind of wave my oh. arms, annoyed. Uh, oh. And and Clearstone waves at you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
What is it? What? You take five points of psychic damage. Shit. <gasps> Splendor felt. We have felt a great crime. The fairy dragon's rhyme. Ah. And she looks nervously about. What? I don't understand. What is this? You take another five points of psychic damage. Shit. <laughs> you must play their game until we all feel the same. Help us capture them through, and we shall cure you too. All right, I will say. I don't know what this is. Could someone please tell me what it is? It's not the same word. (laughs) (laughs) You take five points of psychic damage. Ah! Gosh dang it. Uh, Cohen uh, and uh, Grinkeeper are nowhere near me, right? They're nowhere in this. This is just me. If you feel you cannot lie it, then, Splendor Belt, please remain quiet. I'm going to take that hint and not say anything. And just brace for whatever. As you stand there silently, one Norman Green, a human, a fighter that you fought the um, gelatinous cube with, looking rather disgruntled, walks over to you and hands you a small bug net and a jar. All right. I will intuit what this is about and take those from him and immediately try to snag whatever the frick these are. Ko, you enter the guild. Make a wisdom saving throw. And this is a magical effect. Hey, look at that. Finally. A natural 20 for a 22. You see the guild is a buzz. You see Splinter Belt running around with a small net and a jar. He is attempting to catch some kind of strange butterfly that seems to be moving unearthly throughout the room flitting about. You feel normal. Fine. Is Cassius in the guild? Do I see him? You see Helenar Clearstone at the table. You do not see Cassius at the moment. Okay, I go. I ignored the butterfly catching and go straight up to her. I need to speak to Cassius. Oh, if you have felled a foe, Please speak in rhymes, Co. Eleanor, I'm not in the mood. Where's Cassius? Oh, you seem to have no effect. Allow me to fetch him yet. Oh. I'll be right back. Uh, please go to the bar and get a snack. Spunderbelt. Yeah. He goes to the bar and he gets a bottle of wine ordered. 
Make a dexterity-based attack. Oh, all right. So this would be your minus one dex plus your proficiency, so a plus two attack. All right. Here comes. For your proficient with bug net. Uh, so that would be a 13. In your net, you catch a small, what appears to be a small dragon with butterfly wings. It's about an inch and a half long. And as you catch it, it goes and giggles in your net. Okay. And a little puff of dust hits you in the face again. But as you are already under the effect, you do not feel any advancement of the effect. All right. Um, he gave me a jar, right? Mm-hmm. I will put that thing in, a, in the jar. You do. You place the <clears throat> net over the top, give it a little push, falls into the jar, and you quickly take the top and screw it on. Excellent. I will now, as soon as I do that, I will immediately turn my attention to wherever the next one is and try to get it. Sounds good. And as Splendor Belt... Hunts for fairy dragons. We'll go on break. <laughs> Perfect nice. break activity. Uh, all right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue on. So please don't go too far. We'll be right back. And we're back. Welcome to the latter portion of today's uh, session. Kyle, back to you. Cassius emerges from the back offices for Yuko as Splinterbolt and Norman and others all scramble about trying to collect the various fairy dragons that have been set loose inside the guild today. Cassius walks up to the desk, nods at you, and says, Are you alright? I'm fine, Cassius, except I need to know if you have figured anything out yet on the goo, on my wife's condition on anything. It needs to be a priority. I'm just happy we can have a normal conversation. These uh, associates are driving me a little mad today with their lack of will. Well, fey folk, what are you going to do? I am one. It's not a big deal. Yes, very good. We have made some progress, and we are ready to make a full demonstration for you all. Uh, Carrie is presenting, or preparing to present, what she's discovered for you very soon. Let's talk in my office. Okay. Cole, stand up, and he will take the bottle of wine that he procured from the area right along with him. And he walks you back into the back hall through that side door that is right next to where the jobs are posted. And as he sort of notes it, he gives a little finger waggle and thinks better of it and heads right in instead and walks through the door that is to the immediate right after you enter this hallway. And as you enter, you see a room filled with these wooden filing cabinets. There are huge, huge rows of small card drawers like you would find in a very old library. And 
one of them is sticking out and you can see with your passive perception a number of quests that are divided up by Wood League going to Bronze League and you can see little signs over all these little cabinets. You also see on the wall next to you exactly where it would be mirrored on the other side the job board. But the quests here are marked with pins and then the Quest posts on them seem to be backwards, you know, the, the text facing the wall rather than the other way around. There's a number of tables with lots of paperwork on them, and you see on the far, far wall a long series of cabinets that say report cards upon them. No one will disturb us here, nor will I be interrupted by panicking employees worrying about their current condition. As I said, we do have some to share, but we're still researching particularly the expenses of Withers of recent. Our primary concern here is that there will be action made on the Night of the Bronze Ball. What kind of action? Well, the previous all-bronze operation that took us out of town to investigate the various ruin sites around Atomar caused the... Let's say cult to make action and to move against the guild itself. So you what? You think all this stuff, all these coincidences we've been running into has to do with a cult? Well, it does seem that somebody maybe on the inside is exchanging information. We do, of course, have reprimands for Cheat, who did maintain her mind down in the Underdark, but Broadside was overtaken by it. And, of course, the one you arrested there in the Noble Hollow. We still are concerned for him as well, but he has been removed from active duty. That was Merrick Gideon's guild researcher. He was in charge of Team 2, who took on those ruins that your group discovered there in the forest. Okay, so what do we think the cult is going to do? Why the bronze ball? The biggest concentration of all the guild members in one area, it does seem like a good time to act, given that they did make a move during our previous all-operation. And why are they targeting Bronze Leaguers, specifically? If they have the ability to mind-control people, wouldn't they do a little better going up the food chain? And that's exactly what they did there in the previous operation. They took advantage of Broadside's, uh, let's call it, um... Simpleness? And Cheat seemed to be more than willing to participate for her own amusement. Merrick Gideon's, however... It's unsure whether or not he was under any sort of influence. Well, this morning I was able to communicate with my wife again, um, telepathically. Her condition hasn't changed, save for the black goo now appearing on her body on its own accord. And she said something about... A Kalazar, an emperor of the lower kingdoms. Does that mean anything to you? 
That's the very sheet that you delivered to us. That old scrap of paper, the reed paper found inside the Wither's accounting book. Carrie is still working on the translation. It seems to be another of titles, a number of titles. One of which is the Emperor of the Lower Kingdoms, yes. Well, apparently, whoever that is, is influencing her and maybe others. Cassius, this is the reason I'm here. If something happens to her, there's no point in my staying here. I can go get answers from Withers himself. It wouldn't even be that hard to get back in there. I'm sick of sitting idly by while my wife is suffering. I will remind you that you only first told me of your wife's condition two days ago. I could have helped since then. So please, let's remove any blame from this conversation we're having, Ko. I'm not blaming, I'm just stressing urgency. And we understand the urgency. We are five days away from the Bronze Ball. We need to figure out what is going on. What is it you recommend? I don't know. I don't know what to do. Uh, the... The other said the elf, Rianu Keeves, is in a similar state. Maybe if I could try what I do to connect my wife's mind with him, maybe I could get more information from him. Do you know where he's being held and observed? He's being watched at the Temple of Pelor and is being sustained there. There are a number of other cases which have been discovered which have also been moved to the Temple of Pelor. I believe they're setting up a sort of Retreat there for this condition. Well, maybe I'll start there. If you would pass along the additional information to Carrie, and if anything comes up, let me know immediately. Will do. We should have that information ready the day before the Bronze Ball for you all, and we'll have to act fast as soon as we finish the translations. Thank you, Cassius. Any motions to the door behind him? Co will leave. As you exit into the main guild hall, Helenar Clearstone is standing up on a table. There! There's one! I've got too many thumbs! I, I wish this would end now! I'm having... A bit of a... Oh, cow. Splendor belts, would you please? Let me know when you're done with these. I've only caught a few. Not sure what else to do. And I'll keep at it. This is all quite excellent. We must put them in the basement. <laughs> Go, having witnessed the commotion in the guild today, do you stay or head out? Nope, Co heads out. <laughs> Co heads out <laughs> for the day. Great. Where are you heading? Co uh, is going to go check out the uh, the ward in the Temple of Palor for these people. 
Very good. Meanwhile, Grinkeeper, your dancing lessons have continued and are beginning to conclude as class is moving on for the day. You are due at a number of locations. Uh, today will be some horseback riding as well as the employee and servant management for you. Would you please ride, uh, ride, uh, roll a animal handling check and a persuasion check? Ten for animal handling. All right, improving. And fourteen for persuasion. Uh, you do decently at the horse riding, though you feel aware now after summoning your magical steed there up on the mountain that this would be a heck of a lot easier with a actual celestial mount who is attuned to your paladininess rather than this old plug they're making you ride today. At your uh, employee handling, your uh, employee and servant management class, you do pretty well in the role-playing of the day as you make a number of exchanges with formality and manage a household through a prop door that has been set up in the classroom. Tomorrow you will do your ring by spring courtship and marriage class and continue the waltz maneuvers. Spunderbelt, your party coming in uh, two nights, so tonight, not tonight, but tomorrow night. What would you like to get up to with Co and Grinkeeper disposed? Well, am I done with bugs? You do help catch all the bugs alongside Norman and place them in the basement in their jars. Uh, they do pass out without holes in the jars, so you and Norman scramble to at least put one hole in the top for each of them. Um, yeah, I would I would help do that. <laughs> even though I'm annoyed as hell that this is even a thing and that I'm having to deal with it. Um, other than that, oh... I would probably be, I'd probably sort of spend a bunch of time wondering where the hell they were and sort of sit around. You know what I mean? Like waiting for them to show back up. This is where we meet. Uh, so after a time, you do ask after Ko, and you are told that he did head to the Temple of Paylor for the day. Oh, well, I got to get over there anyway, so I, I'll I'll take that news and head to the temple. You arrive at the temple. Uh, Brother Maynark, greet... Uh, Splendorbelt, a pleasure to to see you again. Uh, It's it's been a while. Yes, it has been some time. And I'll nod, sort of. Are you... Wait, wait, wait. Are are you here to volunteer? We could certainly use some help in the ward. Uh, Not as such, although... uh, Hold that thought. Perhaps I will if there is time. I'm trying to find uh, Ko. Have you seen, seen him enter this place? Uh, Ko, um, oh, yes, uh, he, he, well, he barged right through. He went to the ward himself. Oh, well, then, uh, I need to find him and speak to him. Uh, follow me. Okay. Follow and he leads you back through the main hall, up past the dormitories, this time turning to the left. You find yourself in a sort of long medical ward with beds all lined alongside each other. Uh, previously, you had visited Rianu Keeves in his dormitory where he was being held, but you now see him here laying about with four others 
And as you look down the line, you quickly spot all elves lying in this room that can handle a capacity of about 14. So do, are they all uh, incapac- uh, incapacitated like they were last time I saw him? Right, they're all laying on their backs. Uh, some of them have been propped on their side by the clerics who are working here, uh, kind of giving them a rotate to make sure they don't get any bed sores, but most laying on their black backs and holding a Temple of Palor symbol in their hands. Okay. Some are dressed as merchants, some as commoners. Not all are dressed as clerics, but all are holding that holy symbol in their hands. Okay. Um, I you would, see Ko at yeah. the bedside of Rianu Keeves. All right, I would, I'd head over there and say... Uh, Ko, what did, what, what are you, where are, why are you here? What is this? I'm doing a little investigating on what we've been looking into. So, were you all? Did you also receive an invitation to a um, a party? What? Uh, yeah, I did. Okay. Well, this is not important now, but we should. Uh, I don't know, it seems odd that we will all. Receiving separate invitations for a thing. Uh, I don't know. I just have funny feelings about it. We, we can discuss later, but... Uh, the messenger said it was something about uh, talking over our promotion. Um, my guess is we're getting promoted at the guild, and they want to talk to us about it. I don't know. You seem very disinterested in such an idea. You are having uh, second thoughts about uh, being promoted? I'm more interested in what's going on here at the moment. My wife's condition has gotten worse, it seems. And I need to figure out what's going on with this. So parties can wait. Well, I, in this case, I agree. Yeah. I will, uh, I will do, uh, work with you to find what is going on. Well, you're welcome to stick around. I'm going to try something and actually it might be worth a test so you might you might be a great candidate to have here uh sit down okay hold this he hands him the wine bottle he's been toting around <laughs> since the guild all right it's empty by the way okay <laughs> but he hands it to you nonetheless what am i doing with this um hold it okay i'm holding it and Co is going to use his uh, psychic whispers to connect to both Rianu Keeves and Splendor Belt at the same time. You do so. You feel the old familiar mental touch of Ko in your mind, Splendor Belt, but suddenly you are dunked into a great ocean of darkness and speed downwards. It's gritty, not like water. It kind of blows past you like a wind. And you find yourself in a small spotlight. There is a number of shadows standing still, kind of in a grid formation. And Keeves in front of you, a tall elf, makes the corner of this grid of shadowy figures. He has in his hands a long spear and seems to be thrusting it forward rhythmically. Ko, you notice the spear. It matches the spears that you found in the dungeon there. The sort of psychic spears that would extend the psionic blade out the far end when used by you. I'll first look, see if Splendor Belt is with me. 
and then call out to him. Rianu. Splendorbelt, make a wisdom saving throw. Can do. Lots of wisdoms today. Yeah. Uh, nine. Nine? Yeah. You look over and you see Splendorbelt, but he has appeared in basically a potato sack. <laughs> Arms have been cut out the sides, and it's just long enough to cover all the essentials. You know, strangely, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Splendorbelt, can you look down at what you're wearing? Can I? Yep, you look down and you see a potato sack, and it says on it, Splendor Farms. Uh, why? Yes, I am in potato sack. I do not understand why. Is this dream? Well, it's sort of like a dream. Can you try and picture yourself in something else? Uh. Yes, I will. I will concentrate and try to uh, see myself as I normally am, and I'll, I'll concentrate on my normal appearance. All right, roll that again. That same check you did. Okay. Shit. A five. Wait a minute. Uh, you are super duper trained in wisdom. Why is it coming up so low for you? You have a plus six to this. I have roll. a plus two, I thought. No? Oh, you're doing save. Saving throws off oh, to the oh, side oh, there. Oh, that's why. You have proficiency. Sorry, I'll do that. <laughs> a natural... Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. It's a seven. I thought it was a natural one. Thirteen. It kind of like... like and his, his armor... His shoulder pads appear, his weapons appear, but his main tunic where the scale mail would be is still that potato sack. Damn it. Better. We'll try a third time. <laughs> he squints, working with all his might to roll one more time and, and that... accepting the roll, whatever it may be. <laughs> Shit. It's a 10. The shoulder pads disappear as well as the face maces, but at least you have pants on now. Great. Okay, better is, than worse. This is best okay. I can do. <laughs> You'll get used to it. Just stick with me and try and remember what all happens, okay? Okay. We'll approach Rianu. Right, he is with a kind of echoey sound joining him. He's sort of, ha, ha, ha putting the spear forward, kind of snaps it down, stands full erect, and then goes back to it. Huh. Huh. Rianu? He, his eyes narrow for a moment, and then with great effort, he turns his head. Uh, um, you are interrupting my training. Uh, please be quick. Uh, training for what, exactly? Guard. I'm a guard. We're all guards. <laughs> We're guards. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, yes. Uh, what, what exactly is it you'll be guarding? A royal guard for the upcoming wedding. These questions seem quite silly here in the halls of the Kalazar. We must continue training. Right. Yes, you're absolutely right. We should. 
And then Ko will turn to Splendor Belt. It's just like when I connected to my my wife. She's in this strange fantasy world. She keeps forgetting who she was, thinks something else is going on. Uh, so what are we... Uh, this is real or this is not real? Well, he's physically back where we are. Mentally, he's somewhere and someone else. No. Okay, well, what is it we are meant to do? be doing? What should we do? Well, I mean, mostly I wanted to find out what exactly was going on here, but while we're here, can you try any of your magic in a place like this? Would it work? I can try. Let's, let's do an easy one. Uh, I am hurting a little from stupid bugs, so let's cast uh, healing on me. Well, I meant more on him, not you. Oh, uh, I can try. Uh, uh, let's see here. Appearance here as from Um, is it just a big void, Kyle? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there are, are there any objects that we can see or anything? Or are we just standing in like a big? spotlighty void spotlighty void isn't a bad way to put it it does kind of have a swirl a grainy swirl to it around you and you see these shadowy figures that make up the grid of guards all training you don't see anything in their hands more than just kind of darker pinpoints where their eyes would be Mm -hmm. not dissimilar to the shadows that you fought there in the crypt of cord but they seem to be joining in this exercise that's going on and the single light is cast in the circle around Riano. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to cast command um, and command Rianu to move toward us with the command. So an approach, or right. Yes. Okay. So you're gonna you're using command. Yeah, I'm gonna use command. I'm gonna cast command. And it is a wisdom save for you. All right. Wisdom 14. I fail. So which command? You're, you're forcing him to move towards you? So move toward me until you are five feet in front of me. So we're, we're, uh, basically where Ko and I are, which I assume we're standing together now. Come stand right in front of us. All right. He does so. He lowers his spear and turns very stiffly and walks towards you all the while being like, I must train. I must train. So the magic is worked. Yes. He, he came to us. So is there anything you could do to try and, I don't know, restore him? Um, well, I can, uh, I can get him to wake up. I can heal him, but, uh, it will only heal magical dam- or, uh, uh, physical damage. Um, well, I could do. Uh, let's see. I could. Cr- cleric. <laughs> Go ahead. The clerics who have looked in on my wife have tried everything on her physical body, but they haven't tried anything on her mind. 
Maybe if you were to cast some sort of restoration spell on his mind, it would actually take hold in a place like this. Well, I have to touch it. So if this is his mind, then are we touching it? We're here to try it. Okay. I will happily blow a slot on this idea. Uh, I will... (laughs) I will touch... I guess I'm touching the floor. We're in his brain, right? I mean, we think it is, so uh, I'll cast Cure Wounds and see if it works. Touching the floor? Yeah, or... I'll touch him, too. You know, I'll walk forward. How about lesser restoration on him, not the floor? Well, hold on. Yeah, let's try it. Let's try it. Lesser restoration. Second level. Uh, what do you have to do here? Nothing. He just has to be... doesn't have to be willing. I just have to do it. So here we go. Bling. I have cast lesser restoration on this poor guy. He's, the room sort of falls apart. Blows away. And it is just the single spotlight. And in fact, the ground blossoms a little bit. Grass and even a couple of flowers appear beneath him. And he falls to his knees, on his hands and knees. (sighs) (sighs) Um, The cleric? Uh, My my doormate. And you? What's going on here? Who are you? What? I was praying in the in the hall when you guys, you both walked in and you messed with the altar. We did. You've been in a kind of in a coma ever since then. You haven't been responding. You're actually laying in bed at the Temple of Palor right now. Uh, how long have I been here? About how long has it been? Oh, that would have been before Snake Island, so it's been at least a month. It's been almost a month. <laughs> or at am least I, a month. Am I okay? I'm, uh, I, uh, do, am I alright out there? And he, and he pulls up his shirt and kind of looks at his belly and kind of starts checking. Am I, am I being sustained? Uh, yes, the clerics are taking care of you. Okay. Okay. They're, they're you... rotating me, right? I don't want any bed sores. Bre- okay, look, they're taking care of you. They're clerics. <laughs> yes. Do you remember anything about your time here? When we came here, you were pretending to be a guard. Do you remember that? No, uh, I, I ended up here and I, I waited for a time. And then um, the wedding, the, the, the wedding started... And so I volunteered. What do you know about the wedding? I don't know anything. It's going to happen. It was better that I volunteered than not. There were others who were going to guard with me. Did anybody refuse? 
think so. But I didn't know them. Okay, we're gonna need to get back, and I don't know if you're going to be able to wake up with us. But if you don't, know that we're trying to figure out how to get you out of there. Okay, uh, I, I mean, as long as I'm okay, I've... I've just... I'm a wandering cleric. Uh, I mean, I don't have anybody else. As long as my body's doing fine, save others. Help them first. I'll... I'll endure. Okay, we will make sure you don't get any bed sores. And uh, we'll... We'll take care of all of this. We just need to figure out how. And the grass kind of descends back into the ground and his spear rises back up and he grabs it. Back to work then it is. Huh. Huh. Are you ready to return, Splendor Belt? Yes. I hate this sack. Let's go. <laughs> you don't have to wear the sack. You can just... You know what? I'll... We'll figure it out later. Okay. And Ko will cut the connection. And you find yourself standing in the ward in the Temple of Pelor. Oof. You all right, big yes. guy? Yes. Did not enjoy the, uh, the inability to control my appearance. This was not fun for me. Well, you actually did. You probably had more control over your appearance than you do in the real world, but <laughs> you gotta practice it a little bit, okay? You okay. gotta, you gotta try. Just focus. Look in the mirror every once in a while, you know, for many reasons, and just memorize it. And then when you're there, picture that on you. Okay. This is good advice. I will do it. But this is this is good news. This is progress. We were able to get him out of the stupor, at least for a time. Which means maybe there is a way to do it permanently. Well, this would be good. And this, this speaks well for your wife's chances of uh, becoming uh, coming out of her whatever's going on, you mentioned does I need to tell Cassius this information it might be important I'm going to return to the guild and let him know as far as this party invite I say we attend okay and Co will head out back to the guild just to let them know alright and we are going to advance the clock a little bit here. You return to the guild and let Cassius know about the lesser restoration spell. Uh, He informs you about... Well, maybe we should do that. Either way, Splendor Belt, you were off to the store. And I I think we only went there briefly. It is called Grapple and Tackle, owned by a couple of Tortolans. You were going to buy general wares, plows and whatnot for your farm. Yeah. I would definitely do that. Um, I would go in there and sort of begin browsing and kind of seeing what they've got. 
would say in particular, I'm, I'm looking for um, some sort of plow, like you mentioned. And, um, oh gosh, I don't know. Simple tools for, you know, weeding and pulling and that sort of stuff, maybe. Maybe some gloves, some work gloves, that kind of stuff. As you browse about, you are met by a Tortolan who is wearing a sort of apron. And he wipes his hands in the bomb. How best can I help you? Uh, yes, I'm trying to build farm from a broken down farm, and I need items for these. So you have plow, you have uh, uh, buckets, you have, uh, you know, items like this. We'll set you up with a full package. We have the uh, rake, the sickle, the scythe, the wheeled plow, and the window and basket. Oh, this is good. This is perfect. This is what I need. A hay fork. A mulberry plow. <laughs> you have whole package. Like, uh, do I save money? Is it a good deal? Oh, yes. Very good deal. Uh, however, uh, which farm are you operating with? Uh, perhaps you know it. It is uh, does not currently have a name. Is by the river... Uh, Used to have a tower near it. Um, uh, I plan to grow potatoes there. We have, we have captured the land and taken it, taken ownership of it. Ah, a brother tackle. We have here. What's that grapple? We have here tackle. Uh, the Splendor Belt Man. <laughs> the Splendor Belt Man. Well, he just got the land there by the tower. He did tackle. Excellent grapple. Well, let's get him a brochure. And they hand you the same brochure you were given by Cassius back when you originally got the land, along with all the building costs and the upgrades available. Okay. Very excited to have you in. Can we get anything going for you? I've already offered tackle. Excellent grapple. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... Just the basic package, I think, for now. I can come back for more when, when it is needed. Much work must be done. package. Yes. We'll set you up good. A mere 50 gold for the whole package. This is no problem. I will hand over the cash. Deliver or carry on your person. Uh, delivery, delivery would be fine. Does it cost extra we'll to, have it. to do this? Do I pay uh, more? No. We love to deliver at the speed we are comfortable with. <laughs> okay, well, here, here is 50 gold. Enjoy this money. And I hand it over. Co, you go to the guild to speak with Cassius. And you tell him of the lesser restoration spell. Carrie barges in, however, to your conversation. You know, if um, if that worked, I mean, why why stop at lesser? It's got lesser in the name after all. That's a fair point, but uh, I think that's as good as Splendor Belt can accomplish. What um, what level is Splendor Belt? He's level six. 
Oh, yeah, he should have no problem. I mean, he, sh he should be able to knock out, um, I mean, at least uh, remove curse. That's like, that's a third level spell, though he might like hold on to it or something. Well, maybe next time I see him, I'll let him know to learn it. That's how it works, right? He can just learn things. Well, yeah, sort of. They they like sit there and pray to their god all night, and like then the next day, the god's like, "Here you go. Here, here's the spell you wanted." Hmm. Doesn't make any sense, but that's fine. <laughs> it's yeah, it's fine. The blessings and stuff. It doesn't make the whole day. They have to. I mean, you know, if I'm meditate. good at something, I'm just good at something. It's not because I went to bed and I got better at it overnight. Yeah, but like if you didn't, you know, cartwheel for a bit or dodge blocks that's what rogues do right you'd be bad at that the next day so you know you gotta train mm, well yeah but i'm pretty good at sneaking around today and i'll be pretty good at sneaking around tomorrow i'm not gonna forget that well the marshall i mean this is just marshall marshall classes they don't really yeah it's not really the same yeah it's weird that's all i'm saying is it's weird i also had a bottle of wine so i'm feeling a little Anyway, thank you, Carrie. I will let Splendor Belt know. Remove Curse was the spell. A remove Curse, uh, third level uh, abjuration. Uh, vocal somatic uh, counts as above. I'm not going to remember any of that. I will just tell him to pray to his god to remove Curse. All right. Well, you, I, I'll have that presentation for you the night before the, the day before the bronze ball. Working hard. Keep going. You're doing great, Carrie. Thank you. And we advance. We advance the clock along. To the night of your dinner invite. Grinkeeper? You have arrived at the Broscale Manor. Would you be so kind as to describe what Lady Blackwood would wear to this evening? Uh, oh, weird. And see, well, how rich are the Broscales? The Broscale Manor is a bit gaudy and a bit dark. It is a made of black stone on the edge of town, where many of the great manors are. Uh, this is often, this is also the area, or at least the loop, where you attended the good wine wedding. Okay, so in that case, her manor, she would have gone with a. A fancy red dress with black accents. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Uh, do you... Did you tell the school that you were heading out for this dinner, or did you use the usual escape? Nope, she would have told the school this time. Try this new thing out. The bro scales seem to have some pull in the town, and it wouldn't be unheard of. Well, then, you are provided with a school coach to deliver you to the dinner. As making connections in town is a well-regarded activity for a lady of your standing. Exactly. As you arrive in coach and in dress, Co. Splendorville, you two also arrive at the Broscale Manor for your dinner. Do you dress any sort in certain part, or are you just arriving in your adventuring wear? Ko is wearing his studded leather armor, but it is currently glamoured to look like more formal attire. Um, so he's actually 
dressed to appear more how he would when he was uh, appearing as a merchant, a wealthy merchant. Splendorbelt, how about you? I'd be in my normal stuff. I would just look, you know, cleric-y. Which is usually kind of formal looking anyway, so yeah. As the school coach rides off, the gate behind you closes of its own accord. You find yourself in a well-manicured, but as I said, very dark manor building ahead of you. There is steps heading down, or heading up to, before a large wooden door. And a large dragon face knocker sits in the middle of it. there by herself, she would wait for someone to show up to to knock it for her. But after it gets awkwardly long, she'll realize no one's coming and she'll knock it herself. Cohen Splendorbelt, as you walk up to the door as well, you see Grinkeeper dressed in her well, like she was at the wedding. More, well, more fancy with her hair down. Me. Hey, guys. Got invited, too? I have to say, it is still extremely weird to see you dressed like this. <laughs> oh, it's not too weird. I've been wearing dresses like this my whole life. Well, it is a side of you we don't get to see very often, save for weddings and apparently dinners. I, th- I thought it was fancy. You could... Is it not fancy? I... Honestly, I don't know. I'm not entirely sure if they are inviting the adventuring party or if they were inviting me. But seeing the other two of you, I'm assuming we are here on adventuring duty. Well, these you would put that we are perhaps here for uh, promotion, maybe. I figure the closer closer I look uh, to what I am normally, the more, I don't know, accurate it is for promotion. Well, to be fair, Splendorbelt, you are the only person not actually living a double life. Simply a single life of a person with two jobs. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Oh, you haven't knocked yet. Okay. I was waiting for somebody. Usually there's somebody here, so I don't know what's going on. Oh, okay. Well, we will... That is easily rectified. Co will knock on the door. Do you grab the knocker itself, or do you knock with your fist? Uh, Co would grab the knocker. Yeah, he would. Title of the episode. <laughs> grab the knocker. You give a great clung, clung, clung on the door, and you hear a ur, 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 coming down the hall. Ur, 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 and you hear some talking from beyond. Have a dog? A very weird dog. (laughs) The door cracks open and you see a muzzle, a snout, but it is of a great six foot long drake of red. It has a large frill and spines that run down its back and it kind of (laughs) sticking its muzzle out the door. And you're get, get back. Come on. Come on. Come on, come on, get on back. Bella, 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 and you hear a couple little kicks. Be- Bella, 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 come on, come on. Go, 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 go upstairs. Go find Wildfire, go go upstairs. Go find Wildfire. 
the struggle seems to cease and the door swings open and you see a fair looking dragonborn of brassy tones. She wears this elegant sort of wrap across herself. It comes down in a great sheet over her shoulder. It's of red and gold. And around her, in addition to this abundance of cloth that makes up this dress, you see a great sash tied around her chest and in it a large lump. Weird. Welcome. Welcome, guests. Uh, welcome. It's a pleasure to see you all. Please come in. Make yourselves comfortable. All right, go in. Same. You walk into a long, dark hallway, but there is a room off to the left where the sun is shining through the front windows, and it looks quite pleasant. But there's a dark red carpet, there's dark wood floors, and that dark stone just sort of saps all the light out of the corridor. The lump across her gives a little... Oh, okay, we're good. We're okay. Uh, Dear, your guests are here! She yells up the back to a set of stairs. Coming! One minute! Hollers back down. Uh, I am Jonas Nice to meet you, by the way. <laughs> Says the 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 pack around. <laughs> as as uh, she motions you into the sort of sitting room, you see a pretty large area and very comfy looking chairs with pads upon them. There are a number of shelves and glass boxes around filled with objects. In particular, as you enter the room, you immediately see a jar with a set of eyes floating inside. The fist of an ape clenched. A square on the wall made of chain with an X of chain in the center and the centered coffee table is a large barnacle-encrusted rock that has been cut in half and shows the center sort of rings of the rock as the top of the table. I mean, is it... But it's not gross, right? Like, it's not... It doesn't look like we're in some kind of horror house. It looks like... Horror house. But it looks like a, a well-kept bunch of those weird things. Do you know what I'm yeah, trying to say? Are- Okay. These are more presented like trophies, and the barnacles, you know, aren't alive and lapping at the air. They are very much dried out and sitting still. Okay. There's certainly a array of odd objects throughout this room. Running around the corner comes two small dragonborn. One wields a stick that has been wrapped continually and multiple times in cloth and he runs up and smacks you in the leg splendor belt I go you look down and about two and a half feet tall this little dragonborn wearing nothing but a wrap around his waist is carrying that stick wrapped in cloth and dragging behind him what looks like a stuffed owlbear and he goes yeah as he does 
Excuse me, I'll say. You also spy, staring around the corner, a red dragonborn. This one about four feet tall, and it seems to be clasping something close in its hands. However, this one does wear a fine wrap and tunic as well. Okay. Everyone, uh, these are our guests for the night. Please make yourselves uh, comfortable. Dinner will be served shortly. Uh, let me check on Wildfire. Wildfire deer, and she tromps off. Well, this is a busy house. Yes, I didn't know that the Broscale family was quite so large. Me either. Do you all sit in the chairs provided? Yeah, sure. do we know where we're supposed to sit? Like, it's it just sort of a sitting room. There's chairs scattered all about. There's kind of more of a long bench type, a couch type, and then two sitting chairs, couch uh, high backs. That would be individual style. Yeah, I would I would uh, just grab a single chair and sit. Go. where do you choose to sit? Um... Ko would just kind of find whatever looked to be the most comfortable. Just kind of relax in it. Grinkeeper? Not particular. One of the individual chairs. So Ko, so the two individual chairs are quickly grabbed up by Grinkeeper and Splunderbelt, but Ko, it goes onto one of the couches. And immediately as you sit down, Running over comes that you would guess about eight-year-old dragonborn wearing the tunic, clap, clutching something close to his chest in his hands. He says, "You want to see it?" Um, sure. All right. Don't scare it, okay? Okay. He moves a long-nailed thumb off the top of his clasped hands, and you look inside, and there is a frog. Oh. Well, where did you find that? Backyard. I found it. It's mine. Yeah. Does it have a name? That's good. Um. I'll call it. Uh. Bubula. <laughs> a fine name for a frog. It's a good one. It's a good one. And what is your name? My my name uh, my name is Climber. Climber. Is it a name or an apt description or both? We get names when we're. Uh, my dad says I'm gonna get a real name when I'm 18. Oh, okay. Climber. Um, that's a uh, basher, and. The toddler sort of red dragonborn is still hitting Splendor Belt's leg with the stick wrapped in cloth. Feeling no damage to you, bouncing off your scale mail. Yeah, I would be annoyed, but willing to let it happen to not offend the hosts, potentially. I know how kids can be, Splendor Belt would think. Just let it go. I no big deal. As Climber begins bombarding you with questions, another 
dragonborn appears. This one about uh, 4'8", walks around the corner. She's carrying a book with her, and on the cover, Co, with your natural perception, you can see Gloomy Boy written upon it. And she goes, Oh, Dad, your dinner guests are under attack by Basher. You hear from upstairs, Well, get him out of there! Ah... Uh, Basher, come on, leave him alone. Leave him, leave him. Hi, I'm Dreamer. I, Basher, come on, come on. And she grabs him by the hand and starts trying to lead him off. And he drags his owl bear behind him. Do I have to go too? And all the kids leave. You're left alone for a few minutes. Didn't know he was a dad. I didn't either. I guess it is a bit of a surprise, but... Uh, how are you faring over there, Splendorbelt? You haven't ta- taken too much damage, I hope. Uh, he's fine. He's just uh, rambunctious and young is okay. It's not bothering me. I understand. For my little one, it was throwing things. Hmm. Loved to throw things. Actually, exceedingly accurate at throwing things. Surprisingly good. Perhaps he will grow up to be a great warrior like his father. Uh, she, but uh, perhaps. Sure. You hear a bit of commotion coming down the stairs. Everyone in the dining room. Get in the dining room. Dreamer, put down the book. You can bring the book to dinner. Okay, fine. You can bring the book to dinner. Just everyone, okay. Okay? It's an assessment night for Dad. Dad has an assessment night, okay? Okay. And walking around the corner, you see in a gorgeous golden tunic laced with all these scales and frills with a great red sash about him comes Wildfire, the red dragonborn. Behind him, you can see the hilt of his great axe that you have come to know Ko particularly he always has on his person. A great spiky red and black great axe. However, tonight, as he sort of rounds the corner, you see it heavily wrapped in cloth, though still on his person. Good evening, Delvers. Thank you for joining me here at my estate for dinner. Please, it is being served in the other room. My family will be on their best behavior. Right this way. Please join me. I will follow him. him. Yep. As you start to walk by, he sort of pauses. Ah, Ko, it is good to see you again. I'm sad our training did not continue, though I know the Delvers became quite busy. Yes, perhaps one day we can continue, have another lesson. I have grown quite a bit since then, and I would be eager to show you what I've learned. Reports suggest as much. Please, into my dining room. Thank you. You, cleric. We have met before. Have we? You cured my ailment there in your room, the Temple of Palor. Oh, yes. I heal so many I forget face. Of course. Fair enough. A pleasure having you in my home. It is our pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for having us. 
emotions you inside. Lady Blackwood. Wildfire. A pleasure to have you in my home. My understanding is you've been quite busy. It's exhausting. I'm famished. Yes, school and work must keep you quite occupied. It's busy, but worth it. Very good. Please, my dining room. Greenkeeper enters. You enter into a busy, long table. The carpet runs from the hallway into here and kind of makes a large square around a long dining table. In the far corner already sits the family, though a, ba- a rather rambunctious sitting at best. Against the back wall is a fireplace that is not lit tonight. Though over it, you see the head of a large, sort of bluish, scaly, lizard-like creature. You could roll a, a check if you would like to try to guess what that creature is. But for now, you see it on the mantle, well displayed. Sure, I'll see if I know what it is. What am I rolling? <laughs> uh, you would roll a investigation check. Let's do it. A 19. You note it as a Bahir, something that is very rare in these areas. You may have heard a story or two about one long ago that occupied the city of Atomer. Is that a uh, Bahir on the wall? Wildfire walks his way around his family and takes the seat on the far side of the table and kind of pushes it in and pulls himself in. Uh, yes, the Bahir of 83, killed by Elwood the Mighty, Broscale. My grandfather, Georgina Purefire, Broscale, joined in the battle. Is that how they met, or were they already together at the time? They were both Broscales at the time. A couple fighting with love in their hearts, and he holds up his hand and helps his wife descend into her chair. Godwin, we are ready to dine. And the man who gave the letters opens the door with a great push and enters. Ah, welcome everyone to an excellent dining experience. Godwin, please. Dinner. Dinner, please. Climber, you will stop that. Thank you. (laughs) The family takes their seats around the table. Climber is to Wildfire's right with Dreamer and his wife sitting beyond that, and the one still in the wrap, cooing and cawing, sitting in basically the lady's lap. There are several seats available. There are two next to Climber, one at the far side of the table, and one next to the lady of the house. Where does everyone sit? Greenkeeper will uh, sit next to the lady. Co will sit next to Climber, having already built a rapport and generally having a good idea on how to manage kids. I will go wherever is left. Well, you have the seat that which is next to Co sideways, or you can sit at the far end of the table opposite Wildfire. Um, next to Co. Need to be able to communicate in case something's weird. Our first dish of the night, a 
crawfish bisque of my own design. Please enjoy. And he wheels out a cart and begins serving the soup, the bisque. And he does so with a ladle onto a bowl that is already placed at location. He goes to the end. No one's sitting on the end. No leader. No established voice or face of the... Okay, fine. Is that Grinkeeper moving to the end of the table? Yes, Grinkeeper will get up. <laughs> Grinkeeper sits at the far end of the table. Very excellent. For conversation's sake. And so Wildfire may have some companionship. I require none. Excellent, excellent. And he continues to serve the pay, the soup. Everyone roll. <laughs> charisma checks, please. Just flat old charismas. Flat. <laughs> A one. A natural one. Oh. A twenty-four. I'm sorry, Kristen. You're cutting out uh, hard again. Oh yeah, that's. Am I still here? Very better. You're better. A nineteen. Thank you. And Splendor Belt with really twenty-four. Yeah. Is this possible? Yeah, this is possible. Yep. All right. Co. Did you get a natural one? I got a natural one. What does a natural one look like for Ko? Uh, for social interaction? Yeah. He's uh, always been... I, I would say his assumption that he was great with children uh, may work in the company of his daughter and turns out does not universally apply to all children and he quickly finds himself overwhelmed and floundering. You struggle alongside Climber, who is bombarding you with questions about your job. What have you done? What have you killed? What are you slain? Did, did you take that? Did you take... And you barely touch your soup before it is spilled into your own lap by Climber, which causes you to shoot up with a uh, lack of bodily control, which is known well to parents. We'll just be standing there looking very awkwardly over the dinner table and just he will and just damn it (laughs) (laughs) that's perfect Perfect. that's what I'd do yep that's exactly it kind of just stiff damn it escapes before you can hold yourself back and you find yourself standing let it rip uh grinkeeper got a 19 and is absolutely pleasant at the end of the table you talk well you find out her name is valentine and you have a delightful conversation you find out that the one wrapped around her is one named wall nibbler and got that name from well doing exactly that they are given names on their 18th birthday other than that their names are a little fluid and and change over the course of their growing up you find out dreamer is not a big fan of conversation and finds herself in her book rather quickly. Splendor Belt. Yeah. 
As Cove vacates his seat, you feel the need to kind of move on up. You have had a delightful little conversation with Wildfire over the course of the evening, and he ends up saying things like, I like this one, and this one here understands me. <laughs> the frustrations of adventuring are hard, and you two share in this sort of camaraderie that the companions don't always block for you. Take, You know, you're so important, after all, to this group. Two of you kindred spirits here at the table. Nice. But all this sort of pleasantry of Lady Blackwood and Crandall Splendor Belt is broken as Co shoots up from the table. Wildfire sort of drawn out of his cross-table conversation at this. What what is what has transpired here? Climber! Uh, it is fine. I, it is just some spilled soup that is extremely hot. I see. We shall fix this directly. Do you require more soup? Um, no, it is fine. I, I will be okay. Ko's just kind of dabbling at it with a, a cloth, trying to get dry. Godwin, advance the meal. The soup is ruined. Godwin exits the side room and you can see the kitchen beyond and it's a busy affair. In fact, he seems to be the only one in there. I have here braised turnips and greens served with and he kisses his own fingers crown roast pork with mushrooms. Please enjoy and he begins to serve it all around. Roll another charisma check, everybody. Let's see how the main course goes. Oh boy. A natural 20. <laughs> uh, a, a 15 Lady Blackwood continues her excellent conversation with Valentine who reveals that she's often concerned about her husband during his long trips out and adventures he works alone these days Co, you've regained your composure Climber has become a little scared of his activity and has stuck to his meal after upsetting the soup. Uh, otherwise, you engage in some light conversation with Dreamer, who kind of comes out of her shell around your daughter's age and tells you all about the book Gloomy Boy that she's reading. That's a great name. <laughs> Splendor Belt, with a 15, you continue some rather good conversation with Wildfire over the top of everybody, but you do find that one basher has taken to climbing under the table and smacking your leg again. Okay. Um, I'll let it happen. Try not to be distracted by it. Won't complain. At one moment, Valentine across the table, pardon me, Lady Blackwood, is he bothering you? Are you talking? Mr. Splendorbelt? Uh, I, I mean, he is fine. Perhaps you would prefer him not to be doing this, but uh, you know, uh, he's, he's not. It's not so bad. I will. I will fetch him. Uh, Dreamer, please tend to Nibbler. Thank you. And and she bustles over and and scoops up Basher, who still kind of swings the stick as he descends back through the air towards her table and ends up in her lap. The main course goes without serious event, and Wildfire seems rather pleased with this. But it's time for dessert. Let's all roll another charisma check. 
A 19. 13. What'd you get, Grinkeeper? I'm sorry, we can't hear you again. 13. Awesome. Dessert goes well. Godwin emerges once again, ferries your plates away, and serves up mini cheesecakes with a caramel rose on top. They are delicious, unless you're not into that sort of thing. Oh, I, that sounds great. No, I'm just hungry now. That's all. <laughs> Everybody sticks to their previous sort of conversation partners. Uh, Dreamer goes back to her gloomy boy book, which seems perfectly pleasant for Wildfire at the table. Splinterbelt, you once again fire up conversation with Wildfire, who finds your perspective on things amusing mm. and asks about your farm. Oh, I would tell him all about it. I would tell him that it's coming along and that um, I might even say uh, would not be closed-minded to investor types who uh, want to see it flourish, perhaps. No investors. Keep it simple. That's the best way to do it. All these trappings just complicate things. Find yourself a good wife, Splinter Belt. Find yourself a good wife and bear children. Eh... I'm not sure that is life for me, but I will take advice and, uh, you know, mull it around in head. Paylor disagrees with this, then. Uh, not so much pure disagreement, but it does uh, change the focus. But whatever, I am heading toward a, uh, a perhaps a new life with Potato Farm, and maybe that includes someone else. I'm not, cl- I'm not, I'm not completely uh, against this idea. It's just new to me. Ah. Very good. Godwin, we have finished the meal. We wish these plates to disappear before our presence. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent, sir. Was the meal enjoyed? He bends over and grabs your plates away from you, Co. It was very good. Was your meal enjoyed? He grabs the plates from you, Splinterbelt. Yes, uh, it was very good. As good as uh, I've had in very long time. The lady, was your meal enjoyed? Very much. Excellent. Your praise means the world to me. Thank you for joining us for dinner. And loads up his plates on his cart and wheels off. Yes, thank you, Godwin. A pleasure, as always, as he grabs his four temples. Dear, I have business to discuss. Thank you for joining me for dinner, everyone. I shall see you all later. (laughs) Valentine stands up, gathers the kids. Dreamer kind of carries herself out, comes back and grabs Basher, who is once again heading for Splinterbelt's leg. The door, please. The door. Thank you. Thank you. Well... You all performed well at my meal. I appreciate your patience. And he sort of hisses as he looks over at Co. with my family. You all have made quite the name for yourselves at the Guild of Recent. I have been investigating you for some time. I have here 
the many reports, and he pulls a stack of paper from under his chair. From your time at the guild, it seems you are up for promotion to silver, and I am the final one to sign off. Soulburn, broadside. If her opinion still matters, cheat, carry underworld, I spy, you may know her as Willamette Molly, have all signed off on you. Cassius will agree with my assessment. Let's look here. And he flips open the papers. Seems you all started with a rather small quest. A farm. A cave. Mickles. That's right. Humble beginnings. Yeah, we cemented a hole. <laughs> this was the same job where you located my brother, Bram. Which of you did this deed? Uh, that, that was me. I mean, we all worked together on it, of course, but uh, I was the one who found the body. I thank you for recovering his badge. He was lost to us during our own mission in the dark. Next we have the Crypt of Cord, where you earned your first S ranking on a report. Are you aware of this? Is that good? S is the highest grade you can be awarded. Does it stand for super? <laughs> I've never asked. Could be super, could be superior performance, could be stupendous. I figured as the A, the B, and the C have no meaning, the S had no meaning. But if the A and the B had no meaning, then wouldn't the S simply be the A? Surely the S being further in the alphabet, now being put at the beginning, would have to mean something. Yeah, it's... Special. It could be special. Then why is it not an X? For that is at the... The Z. The Z would be most powerful of all. That's what I'm saying. Or it would be the absolute worst, because higher in the alphabet is good, lower is bad. Z would be awful. S should actually be very bad if it didn't mean anything. Who came up with this system? The Guild Academy, but I agree. It makes no sense. Next, Grick cited your first B as a mission, and a wealth any pages through many, many pages. Giant wasps, rats with capes. Blights, carrion crawlers, giant rats, hellhounds, dark mantles, cursed clothes, and a cranium rat. You all have been very busy. We've done good work, I think. However, we come to your first C in the reports. The All Bronze Operation Well Inspection. Where you caused a... A fever, it seems, in the townsfolk, bringing about a bug man. That was a misunderstanding. <laughs> there was no bug man. You also slew monsters in plain view of the townsfolk and children that day. They were going to get hurt if we didn't. Somebody already had gotten hurt. Were we supposed to just let them walk around? 
Yes. yes what we... is better? They, they be eaten by monsters or that they see us kill the monsters that are going to do the eating? There's also a report here that one Splendor Belt seemed hesitant to heal a man who was missing his own hand. Splendor Belt, do you want to speak to this? Because I kind of feel like the sea is landing on your shoulders. I thought we did very well. <laughs> uh, I don't remember why I did that. Why did I not heal a man with only one hand? What was my problem there? Perhaps you were over-concerned with this bug man. Eh, perhaps. That is a fuzzy one, but uh, normally I am happy to heal whoever needs it if they are good. And, you know, sometimes there is questionable people, but uh, yeah, I don't remember why. Perhaps that is deserving of a C. He thumbs through some more pages. A, B, let's see here. Chimera class operation, yes. The one out at the Noble Hollow with the Roper, very well done. A, A, B, excellent, A. All very good. And he closes the folder he's been sort of going through. So, you wish to be Silvers. Well, we wish to be top, but uh, we'll take silver if we. This is all is on offer tonight. Can can any can one jump rank, or we have to do uh, linear progression to the next rank, and then the next, and so on? Silvers are extremely rare here in Atomer. Most are caught up in the war against the vampires. We keep very close track of those of such rank, as they are able to access guild files such as these as well as the oracle room at the guild hmm. it does make Ooh, sense what is me. the oracle room that is where the bosses as well as the mission itself is researched oftentimes people come through with lacking stories merely a sighting a tentacle a beast so and so killed so and so this is where we deduce and name the quests. I have for you several conundrums I would like you to work through as a group. You may give me an answer on the other side as a group. The first question I have for you. A child is born, destined to topple a kingdom. What should be done with the child? Toppled kingdom or inherit kingdom? Toppled, destroy, ruin is, civilization. Is the kingdom, kingdom good or bad? Yeah. The kingdom is good. So the baby is bad. Perhaps. You throw baby in, in pit. Did no. a god you agree with this? this? Under no circumstances do you throw a child into a pit, Splendor. Well, if you know it's going to destroy all life as you know it and all civilization and kill many people, would you not throw baby in pit? Absolutely I'm not even saying kill baby. I'm saying throw in pit, give give pit some food, keep in pit. But what if the very act of throwing it into the pit made it grow up to be evil and destroy the kingdom? Well, this is not part of question. If it's if it is, then maybe the answer is different, but uh, 
Assuming uh, we intervene. Have you ever heard of a self-fulfilling prophecy, Splendorbelt? Yes. Well, just leave. Don't let knowledge of it happening would cause it to happen. You would simply let the child live because it is the right thing to do. You would observe it, take the prophecy to heart, do your best to prevent it, but you do not kill an innocent being or harm an innocent being. You will only make it worse for yourself. Well, if it only knows pit, it never knows anything else. Then it's just the pit baby. Who becomes a pit warlord. Well, he's possible, sure. This is a hard question. I don't like I don't like this question. It's hard for me. There was once a story about the baby that grew up in a pit. It was the story of the Black Knight Rising. And it climbed out of the pit and tried to topple the city that it uh, had felt wronged by. I think you need to be very careful about throwing babies into pits. I've seen enough of this answer. Next question. The subjects in the vampire nation live long, free, and monsterless lives. They are healthy. They're free of toil and hardship. At the age of 35, they are harvested. The average lifespan in the kingdom is 40. Is this wrong? Yes! You don't harvest people. Yes, this seems wrong to me. Baby pit is But they live thing. lives without hardship. Our lives in the kingdom are then full of monsters. they're not living! It's not good life, this is for sure. I think I agree. They should at least be able to know if there is a different life out there for them. A lot can happen in five years. To be denied even that is something. Unanimous, then. Yes. A city endlessly breeds evil monsters that escape and attack the nearby cities. What should be done with this city? Why is it breeding monsters? Find the source. Destroy the source. And you're brave enough to do this. Yes. Yes. Yeah. A demon possesses people, but only fulfills their heart's desire. Are they held accountable? The demon or the people who... Oh, I see. So in other words, Mm. if somebody caused death or destruction because it was their heart's desire, do you blame the person or do you blame the demon? These are tricky questions you have. Eh... Is it 100% correct that it was fault of of, uh, of a person or a person's heart was going to do it anyway? Is that the 100%? I would blame the demon still. I would assume that the person does not have the means to act on these wishes on their own. Without the demon's interference, they would not be able to do it. The demon is still the cause. Everybody has thoughts good and bad demon is what is allowing them to take that action. Uh, I agree. It does not absolve them of accountability, but it does mean that we should uh, address what allowed him to take such actions. I agree with this. Kill Kill the demon, help the person. A town is unable to pay for a quest after a monster has stolen all their valuables. After defeating the monster, who does the horde belong to? The people. 
No, you did a job. You were expected to be paid. Maybe something can be negotiated, but you were owed something for that work. This is your job, after all. Yes, but maybe... Hmm. I mean, like, to do with as we will, so we could uh, let them go, destroy them, and all sorts of choices. Are these, is this what you are saying? In theory, look at it this way. You have given aid to the town. The town now has the means with which to flourish by your own actions. That does not mean they need to have everything back. You should still receive something for your effort, besides just the promise of, we thank you for what you've done. Maybe they pay you back somewhere down the line, and you hold them accountable to that. Maybe they only pay part of what you agreed upon because it's the right thing to do, but you did work for something. But what if they pay you gold? That, that was deal. And then you keeping hoard, this seems like he's on top of deal. What he's saying is they don't have gold. Oh, shit. Well, then, in this case, you take hoard. <laughs> and you sell for gold. <laughs> I am with Ko on these. You, you must have... Payment must be taken, or else what's his point? An adventurer unsealed the great gate, unleashing evil onto a city. How should he atone? Should help fight it. Stop the evil. Uh, before or after, uh, like during time of of evil, or what? Like if he succeeds, but then you hold him accountable, or I don't. This is a hard question. The truth is shown all the same. Hmm. He looks at you all across the table and kind of puts away the script that he's been asking these questions off of. A group is destined to die saving a town, should they be told. Does it matter? Like the baby question? No. We are speaking purely in hypotheticals right now, of course. Are he gives we, a nod. We are doing this, okay. I think it is important. I think that it would be important that they know. I tend to agree with Ko. Yes, important that they know. I do not want to be the one doing it, though. <laughs> but I get it. You all have differing views for a group. But you have my recommendation. He stands and starts heading towards the door. As he reaches it, he opens. Please... We've had a lovely evening, but I must retire. Cole will stand, go to the door. 
A pleasure to see you again. Thank you for the recommendation. Nods at you as you pass. Uh, I'll get up, follow Ko, and sort of bow and say, thank you for a wonderful dinner, good company, and weird questions. And then I'll leave. He gives you a nod. Greenkeeper bows. Thank you. It was a delightful dinner. Cohen Splendorbelt head to the door down the hall, and he sort of puts on an, out an arm to stop you for a moment, Grinkeeper. And he leans down close to your ear, his big sort of dragonborn muzzle coming up close as his lips do some extra work in a whisper. It's such a maw. I know it was you. You were there in the Withers basement. Yeah. Why did you do it? What? I've done a lot of things. <laughs> Why steal from Withers? What, his vault? Yes. Something isn't right with him. It was very clear. He had elementals enslaved in that basement. His generosity has kept this town safe for a very long time. Well, it's not safe right now, is it? All this around me is due to his generosity. Well, good for him. Maybe you need to find a new donor. <laughs> He's got full the mean bronze. girl. I love it. The bronze ball approaches. It is a celebration of those who benefit the guild. It is a celebration of withers. I'm sure we can find other things to celebrate. Mm. Have a lovely evening, Lady Blackwood. Evelyn will bow and start walking toward Cohen's Blunderbelt. And he closes the door behind you. You find yourself outside the Broscale estate, full from a meal, but perhaps full of questions. But that's where we end for today. Wow. Because next time we are joined by a specialist who is going to prepare ourselves for the upcoming ball. One who knows how to make this group a little extra classy. And that'll be next time. Oh, <laughs> you're not going to tell us who, huh? Well, we've got two weeks, so we do have to wait a little bit. Oh, yeah, right. That'll be Carter. Oh, us. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Carter making a fantastic return to There Will Be Dungeons in a short time from now. But that's right. Next week, we won't be here. There is a family reunion of sorts happening, and I'm unfortunately not going to be here. But uh, we'll be back the following week, and we'll bring in a familiar voice. Oh, that's very exciting. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, don't forget you can support us and this endeavor at therewillbedungeons.com. Become a Dungeons Plus member and receive all sorts of benefits for doing so. Uh, finished up the art this month and so happy and proud with it. I cannot wait for people to get it in their hands. 
that and so much more bonus shows all sorts of stuff so go check it out there will be dungeons.com it's gonna do it for us thank you guys for being here and we'll see you next time This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.